Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining us right here on Tuesday night. It is Tuesday night Titans episode number 25 for your Tuesday, December 5th, 2023. I'm your host, JD from New York. As always, joined by seemingly public enemy number one this week, man. What's going on with you in social media, man? You get into arguments with all the geeks this week. Did I? I think so. I feel like just just a normal day on the internet. Yeah, what what, what was... What was Everybody, it that you were arguing, man? Is it the CM Punk stuff? Or was it the uh, the Monday Night Raw, Nick Khan, Warner Media thing, I think it was? Oh, everyone's got something to say about everything. You want to know what the funny thing is? Is like, you know, there's a lot of people in this so-called space, right? Who fancy themselves as, as journalists, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> I have never considered myself a full-time professional wrestling journalist. But... I get things right more often than I get things wrong. Now, don't get me wrong. There's going to be things that I get wrong. But, I mean, people were so quick to tell me that Okada, hey, no chance Okada signed up with WWE. And you might be right, okay? But I will tell you that WWE and Okada have been in talks. I was also called nuts. Out of his mind, the bald idiot. What a moron. Andrew Tate-looking guy, whatever I was called. Steve Austin and CM Punk. What is that guy smoking? Oh, Sean Ross Sapp reports it, and everyone's blah, 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 blah. It's going to happen. That, listen, Sean's a credible dude. Got a lot of respect for Sean. Sean's a friend of mine. But just because my name is not Meltzer or his name, JD from New York, is not Alvarez or somebody else. That does not mean that we don't have good information. It just means that we're not doing this for a full-time living. We're not dirt sheet guys. But now all of a sudden, the Steve Austin CM Punk rumors are hot and heavy. Yeah, they're hot and heavy when they signed the man. This is their intent all along, you morons. Well, I don't know, man. Maybe they should start watching what we do on Tuesday nights because you legitimately talked about that, what, four weeks ago, five weeks ago? Yeah. I mean, now listen, I'm Mercedes. Let's. I'm. Um, I'm just gonna start. Bang, 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 bang. Rant, gonna, man, rant. I like it. I like this energy, man. Rant away. I'm gonna throw this out, and you know, you guys get in the first 44 seconds. Mercedes. Mercedes was signed, sealed, and delivered to AEW. I don't know what has transpired. Maybe she has decided to have a change of heart because of who's in charge of WWE. I don't know, but I can tell you that AEW and Mercedes Monet had full length discussions about joining AEW, and it was pretty much a done deal. Now, again, I'm not Mercedes. I'm not Tony Khan. Things might have changed. But I know the intent, the full intent, was for her to have a working relationship in the ring with AEW when she's cleared. And she's putting out videos pretty much saying she's ready. So if she does show up in AEW, I'll sit here and tell you idiots I was right all along. And if she shows up at WWE, I'll tell you that 
she still had relationships with AEW and they were going to bring her into work. And I was wrong that I thought she'd work for AEW before she worked for WWE, but things change. Did, did me and JD sit here and tell you that CM Punk was not going to be signed by WWE? No, we did not. We said he'd be in WWE one, one way or another. We thought January it happened in Chicago. There was a lot of people who said no chance CM Punk was going to be in WWE. Not us edge. We nailed that the network streaming deal that's coming. We nailed that. Warner Brothers Media with a with WWE, Warner's Discovery, not a chance. This guy's an idiot. When it comes out that Nick Khan asked for a, or talked about a deal in October and was declined or they passed or whatever, now all of a sudden everybody's picking up on the Warner Brothers Discovery deal. Well, I Why? mean, that, that was well, I, we we have that as a topic to discuss tonight. That was back in October, man. A lot can change over the course yeah. of two months. So I'm gonna sip my coffee here, but I just want to <laughs> let you guys know that. I enjoy this show. I enjoy coming on here. Uh, I always have, and I always will. I do it for you guys. I do it for him. It's good back and forth banter, and I do it for me. But, I mean, let's pump the brakes on, like, the the whole the, – I don't understand the insult game. For what? For what? Oh, you know that what he's talking about. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Just sit down yeah. and listen. That's why we got the show and you don't. Um, so, yeah, that, that, was, uh, that, was basically, <laughs> that was basically the gist of the week. Um, yeah, social media is toxic, and I know a lot of people are not going to agree with what we talk about all the time. There will be disagreements. There will be disagreements between Drew and I here on the show. Uh, I know Jesse and I felt that this week because I re-uploaded a very, very topical discussion about Brian Danielson and him firing CM Punk, which Drew and I talked about as well last week. Jesse and I talked about it on Wednesday. A lot of people were just up in arms about what Jesse had to say. You're not going to agree with What did everything. Jesse say? It, it was something CM Punk related, you know, it, you know, but everybody gets on his case because apparently they think he doesn't like CM Punk and Jesse doesn't want anything to do with CM Punk because Jesse's trust in Punk is severed and he doesn't want anything to do with it. And he's got that. He's got every right to feel that way. Jesse's entitled to feel whoever the hell he wants to feel. Yeah. I feel I feel this way. I said it last week and I'll say it again. The news should have never got out that Brian Danielson was part yes. of that decision. Yes. He was almost made to look like a scapegoat. And I found that to be bullshit yeah. and chicken shit. Yeah. Almost, into uh, almost, almost like Tony Khan was uh, using him as a shield to deflect away from what really happened there. Yeah, I don't it know was, if it's Tony, but I just didn't like that Danielson was like, basically Danielson just stood there and was like, like Jax and Sons of Anarchy yeah. when he puts his arms out and gets hit by that Mack truck. That's what I felt like they were doing. If you haven't watched Sun, spoiler, it's like 10 years old. But that's that's the finale. Um, but I feel like that's what AEW did to Brian Danielson. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into a lot to uh, get into with the pro wrestling news. We've got a lot to get into here. Uh, we got uh, Okada. We'll talk about that. We'll dive a little bit deeper into that. We got news on uh, CM Punk and Steve Austin. We'll get into the Warner stuff as well. And uh, we'll get into uh, a major AEW story that dropped yesterday that really is not leaving uh, a positive spin on the company. Uh, there's a lot of negativity right now, as reported by the Wrestling Observer, within the company for uh, one reason or another. So we will get into that tonight. Follow me on social media on X, at JD from NY206. That's X, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Go follow Drew at Andrew Bagdala on X as well. If you guys want his thoughts on all the big stories that break throughout our wrestling week, Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications, please. We are, uh, I think, less than 300 subscribers away from 151 after that tremendous Survivor Series weekend. Thank you guys very much for that. Please hit the thumbs up. Uh, we got 368 likes in here. We're nearing 1,600-plus uh, in here. 
So I would love if we can get as close to 1,000 as possible. Super Chats are open. Get them on in, Drew, and I will answer your questions at the end of the show. No matter what it is, we'll be here for you. And please make sure you guys get those memberships in, as always, if you want to become a channel member here on the channel. Drew, I'm going to let you, uh, as usual, start the show off. What the hell do you want to talk about? All right, well, let's talk about something that is topical, number one. Uh, since we're on the whole, you know, fire train or whatever else, I don't even know if this is on our sheet because uh, I don't ever look at it because I like to have things be organic. Yeah. Let's talk about Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, that's the first thing on my list of priorities here. Good good call. There it is. There it is. And that's 100% true. I I don't look. Uh, he was let go by AEW. This is not the Kevin Sullivan, by the way, for all the geeks out there. No, no. not the not the taskmaster. <laughs> I think Kevin Sullivan even tweeted out. He's like, I, uh, I was not fired by AEW today. Yeah. Um, he was let go. Um, and that's post-production, which basically leaves uh, Mansuri basically in charge of both. You know, now, th this, is, this, this is not my forte, Drew. I'm, I'm usually more of a, you know, on TV guy, creative guy, storylines make yeah. sense or whatnot. Uh, fill us in on what uh, a post-production, VP of post-production kind of entails as far as a position. Well, basically what he's going to do is handle all of the stuff after the show. You know, that's why it's called post-production. So there's a lot of different things like for uh, rampage, which is taped. Uh, I think that was heavily influenced by Kevin. Uh, and I think it's a big loss for AEW. Um, but basically it was one of the originals. So the big like melting, like, you know, face melting type of stuff that's happening here is that a lot of the AEW people feel like they're originals, the fans and the talent feel like some of the original guys and girls are just, being cut out for ex WWE talent, you know, Mansuri and all these other people. So I ask you, since you, you know, you were really, and don't get me wrong, I was there in Jacksonville for the launch of AEW with some others. And I've always been a big supporter, even if I do have issues with some of the things they're doing. Uh, I'm not a kiss ass. So if I don't like something, I'll say I don't like it, just like some of the shit that goes on in WWE, I can't stand. Is this a problem for you? You were kind of like one of the original loyalists here to AEW. Like, do you feel like your company that you watched with all your heart and passion and soul is kind of being gutted? I don't, well, I don't know if it's being gutted. I mean, you, you could, you could gut something and have it actually be better than it was before. Um, I, I, I don't know how, how serious of a, of a roster move this is. Uh, first of all, I didn't know Manzuri had uh, that type of power to fire somebody. Does he have that type of power to fire somebody, or was it a, a direction or a decision made by Tony Khan to give to Mansuri and then Mansuri fired on behalf of Tony Khan? It seems like it's a Mansuri deal. Okay, well, and I'm sure he ran it through the boss. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I, I didn't. I didn't know he was uh, that powerful there. Um, I, this this does not have a lot to do. Well, I don't know if this is directly correlated to the report that Meltzer put out as far as the negativity in, in AEW. Why would? Why would somebody like this be fired? He, he must have made a mistake somewhere. You, you can't really fire somebody because he was there and they, they hired him at the time because he filled a role that they needed and then they found somebody better with a lot more experience. I mean, can you just fire somebody for, for I guess, upgrading somebody like this in, in regards to Manzuri? Like, I don't really understand that. Well, he had to do something to get fired. Well, that I don't know, um, but I do know that, you know, Kevin had a lot of responsibilities in AEW, some of which obviously are going to be very unique to the brand or detailed towards geared towards the brand. But I mean, you know, he is uh, he was from what I was told and from what the job description would be, 
you know, he's going to prepare the strategic vision for post-production operations. He's going to partner with solution teams, business justification of capital deployment and measurement against the company's objectives. And he's going to build and maintain industry recognized post-production talent, uh, internal talent. He's going to support some teams. So that's kind of their job description. And what, what all that means for like regular terms is basically, you know, he's going to look at the metrics uh, efficiency, rate, capability, uh, and the operations that go into a production post, okay, post show. And he's going to basically fine tool it and he's going to have a vision of where he wants to be and where the company wants to be. And he's going to also maintain relationships with outside sources, um, and, you know, within television and everything else like that. And it seems to me like maybe Mansuri and him just butted heads because if Mansuri wanted him out, uh, or had a say in wanting him out, then clearly their visions differ. So that's why I think this move happened. Is this a move that's going to drastically change anything that we see on television? I, I mean, I don't really see that this is going to make that much of a difference, to be quite honest with you. Well, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Did we not see AEW use, like, the LED rings? Was it skirts? Yeah. Or, like the ring apron? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that could have been a Mansuri deal. Um, maybe not. And, you know, they fought with it back and forth, et cetera. I don't know. Uh, do I think the production is going to change drastically? Probably not. But what I will be on the lookout for is some, maybe some upgraded things that Mike wants to do uh, that maybe Kevin Sullivan didn't want to do or just was like, nah, we shouldn't do that. The thing with WWE that a lot of people don't understand when watching that their product is WWE is so clean. Like, so clean. Yeah. It's like watching a movie every single Monday. There is, and Friday. And it's live. So, it's clean. It's almost, like, too clean. Ray W is clean, but it's also got a lot of grit to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, that's the problem. That That's that, you know, you, you asked before, you know, I've been an AEW, I don't want to say loyalist. I think that just sounds kind of uh, shillish. Um, so I've been a, a big steer supporter. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge supporter of what Tony Khan does, you know, and hopefully, and I genuinely mean this, hopefully, you know, my criticisms of what they do on a weekly basis is looked at as a positive because I care so much. I Hopefully the way that I, I spin it and the way that I speak and the way that I come off, hopefully they interpret it as, all right, this guy fucking cares about what we're doing. I don't want it to come off like I hate the fucking company. I'm using AEW hate to get clicks. I've never been about how, that. Yeah, how could, how could anybody look at what me and you do? They, look they at this do, bro. Just, they do. I don't get that though. I mean, I under you know what you're a passionate, you know, fan and you're a passionate businessman when it comes to your brand. I mean, you've had that discussion privately. If Tony Khan or anybody else is seriously watching this show and they sit back and they're like, God, these guys, all they do if listen, if all we did was kiss your ass and say you have the best product, blah, 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 then you would, you know, what what's the point of that? No. I mean, don't get me wrong, when it's good, I tell you it's good. And when it's bad, I tell you it's bad. And when I see things that are alarming to me, I'm going to tell you. Just like I said on last Wednesday when I was at Dynamite on my birthday, Swerve is so good. WWE dropped the ball. I, everyone calls me a WWE loyalist. Swerve was so good. WWE didn't know what to do with him. AEW has let him be him. There's a lot of things that will sit here, both me and you, and we'll say that this is good and this is bad. But if you think that we're here just to hate for hating, you're on the wrong station. Yeah, I, I dealt with that through uh, all of the Vince Bruce era in WWE, labeled a hater. All I wanted was better pro wrestling. Now that Triple H has taken over, now I uh, am uh, 
uh, a Triple H uh, enthusiast, and I'm a shill for Triple H, whatever the case may be. Drew and I, me specifically here on, on my show when I'm by myself, I just want better pro wrestling. But to get back to what Drew said, you know, that's the problem, man. I've always felt that WWE was way too clean. I think clean is uh, not really uh, a good word to describe WWE. It's way, it, it's, it's almost robotic. It, it's very, it's very overproduced. And sometimes it doesn't come off as authentic. Now, I know they're a sports entertainment company and they want to, you know, separate themselves from what is pro wrestling. But at the end of the day, they're a pro wrestling company. AEW, I think a lot of people are really starting to get on board here. I don't know how how much of a percentage of the fan base is feeling this way. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I feel like with the upgrades that they've made, yes, it's made the show obviously aesthetically better. And you look back at the dynamites of the first couple of years, they were gritty. They were they were grungy. They were, you know, just fucking balls to the wall. You know, I, the, the way that I want to kind of describe it is it was AEW was like early 80s fucking Slayer and Metallica. And now AEW is kind of shifting into Metallica Black Album and, and then Load and, and Reload. We, we, we don't, we don't want to go into that area. Leave that area for WWE. Where's that fucking grit? They still have it. And, and they do a great job on the live shows. But at the end of the day, they're almost becoming WWE light. Not in a way where it's, you know, Vince and Bruce with, with what they did, but it's starting to become WWE light in, in, in various ways. I don't know how much the TV rights deal has to do with that. I don't know if they're trying to, you know, get the attention of Warner Brothers Discovery and, you know, show them that they're big boys now. At the end of the day, they're always going to be second best, bro. So why try and be like your competition when the reason why we fell in love with you was because you were not like the competition? I don't get it. Just do what you do. Just do what you did two years ago. The ratings have not gotten better. In fact, you're losing fucking people and losing the interest of the fan base, which we'll get into the ticket sales because that's why there's negativity now surrounding the company. But do you get what I'm saying? Stop trying to be and just be what you were because I feel like it's actually working against them. Yeah, you know, everyone was like, oh, this guy's the next Undertaker. This guy's the next Rey yeah. Mysterio. And none of them have ever lived up to that type of billing. AEW should not try and be anything else than AEW. And realistically, AEW just needs to incorporate in my in my opinion, better storylines and and longer storylines for that. And they need to decide whether they're going here or there. And I think that comes with um better management of their talent. I, I you know, I hate to say that, but I don't want AEW to be WWE. They can incorporate some entertainment, but like I've said a million times on this show and some other shows that I've appeared on, I like AEW because I can watch AEW kind of by myself. It's adult-based. Yeah. oriented entertainment. I didn't take my kid on my birthday because I just didn't know what AW was going to put out. And that's okay. It's like ECW back in the day and some others, but it's ECW with a billion dollar production budget, you know, for the most part and talent, you know, you would never see the likes of Bret Hart or uh, the undertaker in ECW. Never, never, but you could, you could very well see, you know, that type of talent like we've seen Danielson and Cole and some others big names show up in AEW from WWE. So, again, I just wish AEW would be AEW with a little bit of uh, a little bit of entertainment. Yeah, uh, you know, a move like this with uh, with Sullivan being fired, um, I, I genuinely don't give a shit 
who they put in, in these back office positions, in the truck, in, in Jacksonville. I, I don't care. Th these people that we don't see on TV, I don't care about. Like, w when Mansory got hired, you know, I didn't know who Mike Mansory was. I, I knew of what he, he did and, and what position he held, and he was supposed to be the guy that took over for Kevin Dunn, which is no nobody's going to take over for Kevin Dunn. He'll be there to the day he dies. But... When Mike Manzuri showed up on Dynamite, Drew, I, I felt an immediate impact and, and an immediate difference in what he did for the visual of the show, the way it was shot, certain things that, you know, he did that they weren't doing, you know, weeks prior to when he got there full time. We, we saw that. Those upgrades I, I, I love because those are those are noticeable. But but the thing is, Tony, Tony Khan is trying and, and whoever he's surrounded himself with. You know, the knowledge that comes with hiring ex-WWE, you know, individuals for these specific roles, that's, those are moves that are actually looked positive on. He should be hiring those people. You know, I don't know who he had in these previous positions early on in AEW's uh, life cycle, but... Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script50 and use code script50 to get 50% off. That's code script50 at factormeals.com slash script50 to get 50% off. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. You know, weeding those people out and getting people more knowledgeable in there actually is going to work for him. The thing is, he's trying to really drastically change the overall show, book to what he wants to book without listening to anybody's, you know, influence whatsoever. And, and I know he has a problem with the way Triple H has handled things and, you know, Triple H has stepped on his toes and this and that. But 
again, I have to say this and reiterate this again to everybody. The way Triple H handled NXT Black and Gold was the way Tony Khan and company were handling AEW in its early stages. That was the proper way to go about it because how many times did we look at the main roster and NXT Black and Gold and say, what is Triple H doing down there? Why isn't this on the main roster? That's the way the main roster should look. And now look at what he's doing, slowly integrating what he did in black and gold on the main roster. Now main roster television is a lot better off for it. Meanwhile, Tony Khan is not adopting those type of, you know, uh, booking scenarios and not adopting that mentality. And now he's actually trying to book, you know, he, he's trying to feel and look like WWE while booking as an indie or, or, or booking dream matches like New Japan. Like, bro, come on. You, you, you're trying to be something that you're not. You, you're trying to be this and this and this and this. AEW was very simple, very straightforward, very linear. Just give me fucking good storytelling and great matches, and that's it. That's all I want at the end of the day. Yeah, I don't hate uh, Mike Mansuri, you know, coming into that that role and really upping the production of AEW. I think he did a lot of good um, and continues to do a lot of good when it comes to the ringside, uh, you know, the barriers there. They yeah. almost look like they are LEDs and they're not. It's just the small little things, the lighting, the stages, the LED boards, all this other stuff, the graphics. Mike is a very talented man. Um, so I didn't hate any of that. Again, I think what me and you have been, you know, begging for AEW for weeks on and months now is to give us long-term storylines we could sink our teeth into and give us direction. They have with the devil. Uh, they have with Adam Copeland and Christian, although I don't know why the hell we're giving it away for free on television. I know it's in Montreal, but if this match actually happens, Tony Khan is losing his mind. This match should not happen. Well, they, said, a, they, they said the same thing about MJF and Kenny Omega. I mean, did he listen to people then? No. No, and that's the thing. I mean, this is going to happen, it seems, because AEW has never been the type of wrestling company and since its four years, since its inception, that they will advertise a match and you don't get it. I mean, really, and a main event match at that. Now, I do hope that um, Kill Switch or Luchasaurus does interfere in this match and the match doesn't happen. Because I understand it's Montreal, I understand it's Canada, but man, this is a pay-per-view match. A pay-per-view main or co-main event that we're giving away for free on AEW TV. Do, you, do we really do we really think this match is going to do a million I, views? No, bro. It's not it's not going to do a million views. It's it's So you, why you, are we doing this? Because because Tony I don't know what it is. I I really don't know what it is. I can't pinpoint what it is. I feel like Tony Khan was doing what he needed to do in the early stages of AEW and now that Triple H is doing what he used to do on NXT on the main roster. It's almost as if Tony Khan doesn't want to do what Triple H is doing because he he can't be the alternative anymore. Now he's trying to be opposite of what a, a WWE is, and he's almost trying to one-up WWE and Triple H by saying, ha, look at my roster. I'm going to give you dream matches every week. That's something that they can't do because they put on repetitive television. Meanwhile, he's blowing through these dream matches. There's no fucking story. There's no reason why we should be getting Edge or Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage on a fucking dynamite that sold not even 5,000 tickets for this show. Meanwhile, yeah, WWE I'm, was in the same building. They did 15000 for Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. I don't want to compare the two, but something is off. If you can't put on a show like this tomorrow and get eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 fucking people in Montreal, of all places, a great yeah, wrestling I, town. Yeah, I get the whole, like, Edge wants it. Great. Adam Copeland wants it. I get that, and that's fine. And you know what? I, I'm happy Tony and AEW are obliging. Uh, because I don't have to shell out 50 bucks for it on pay-per-view, but if this match 
I mean, they could do a rematch in a ladder match or something that you still get my money and my attention, but man, I, this is, this is something. What, this what, is really what, something. Adam Copeland requested this. I know that's what I've been hearing. That's what the chat says. Edge wanted it in uh who gives uh, a shit. Right. I, and I get it. Like, I didn't know I, Adam I just, Copeland was running AEW. Well, I mean, okay, let's slow down for a second. They're going to give him and some others what they want because this is, you know, again, when I said when Adam Copeland signed with AEW, which we had before anybody else, uh, Adam Copeland was going to you know, there to be an artist, which, you know, maybe his creativity and his artistic ability was stifled in WWE. He's calling majority of his shots, I would assume, within reason, and this is something he wanted, so he's getting it. I have all the love in the world for Adam Copeland. So do Great I. Great dude. Great dude. Okay. Um, and his family is great. Absolutely great. Beth is a wonderful human being. And, but I mean, for me, and I, I feel for Adam, um, you know, less than 5,000 people there. Number one, number two, I don't like, this should be a pay-per-view. I mean, this match is a match we have waited for a long time for, and they're giving it away for free on TV, which I am all like the, the financial me is like, <laughs> thanks for not having me spend my money. Thanks for the money. Well, Fuckers. I mean, for, uh, realistically, we're getting this match tomorrow. If we don't get it, I, I, Tony Khan doesn't really, you know, clickbait or, or fucking bait and switch. No, you know, you know no. so, so I'm assuming the match is going to take place tomorrow, but I'm assuming we're going to get this match again at world's end. I mean, it has to lead to another match. If, and if that's where it leads and we get a ladder match at world's end or like a cage or something, I am all for it. Yeah. I will be, in the Nassau Coliseum on Long Island, watching that, I have I've wanted to see an Edge versus Christian match for a very long time. I'm happy it's happening. AW. I was happy to see those two last Wednesday on my birthday. It made for a really fun uh, night afterwards. And you know what? Like I, I just want the best for both of them. But for me, again, for for Andrew, for Andrew Baydala, for me, Edge versus Christian on Dynamite. I'm gonna watch. But if the match actually takes place and we get like a, a you know a 20 minute match i'd be flabbergasted truthfully now Meltzer talked about the internal reaction to the release of kevin sullivan and the feeling that aew has changed from what it started out as it's interesting because today i've gotten so much feedback from people Meltzer says people in and around aew and there's a lot of negativity right now Meltzer speculated that a lot of the negativity stems from the poor attendance aew collision drew on saturday night which was 2,025 per WrestleTix. The negativity comes at a time when, while business is down for merchandise, ratings, and ticket sales, they're making more money than ever. AEW is also not as close to WWE in the ratings as they were 18 months ago. I'll stop there. Um, they were never close to AEW in the ratings. Maybe the demos, they were probably on par with what Monday Night Raw was doing, but now Vince is not there. You remove Vince, who was the fucking... You know, the poison, the venom in, in, in WWE, you know, a lot is absolutely going to change. But 2,000 tickets for a Saturday night, Drew. I, I don't know where they were on Saturday. I thought it was a great show. Erie, but Pennsylvania. The, the Erie, Pennsylvania, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, the only thing that was eerie was the fucking amount of people that showed up or didn't show up. But when you watch AEW, bro, you, you, you see, you see the, the lights are so fucking dimmed on the crowd, right? And... Yeah, it was it, in the it, building it, on Wednesday. It, 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 well, I mean, Minnesota was a, lo a much larger crowd than Saturday night. But, I mean, they're, they're running these 12, 13, 15,000 seat arenas. And, and they're mm -hmm. filling 2,000 fucking tickets. I mean, just thinking about it, it sounds ridiculous. And then when you watch the show, it sounds fucking empty. 
Like, that's right. not an AEW crowd. Like, why are they running these big arenas? What, what is the what is the reason for why why are people not showing up to these shows? And Tony Khan's putting on Saturday was a great fucking show. Mm-hmm. Why? Let's let's call a spade a spade here, okay? Um, that show is created for one man and one man only, and he is gone. So they are making chicken salad out of chicken shit or well, trying to. Well, get rid of it. Well, and well, you know, Warner Media Discovery, you know, Warner Discovery wants it. Doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. And here's what I'll say. Um, I don't really fault AEW at all. The, you know, Warner uh, Discovery wanted the second show, number one. Number two, you know, the, the economy we're in right now, which is the absolute drizzling shits. Most people, if they're going to spend their hard-earned money on a Saturday night, are probably going to go out to dinner in a movie or something to that extent. They're not going to spend, you know, 150 to 200 bucks to sit on the floor per ticket for an AEW show where a lot of the main talent that they want to see are not going to be on it. Like Edge wasn't pulling double duty. Um, you know, they used to just have Edge on collision and stuff like that. When when AEW had two separate brands, it was basically a uh, CM Punk and FTR's show, and you had Starks over there as well. That has all changed, and uh, I think a lot of the fan base has kind of just been like, "Meh, I'm not going to waste money going to see this because I don't know what I'm getting, who I'm getting." You know, I went to Dynamite in Minnesota, and there was no Bucks, there was no Kenny, there was no Jericho, there was no Starks. There's a lot of people who normally are on this bill that were not not on it, and. Orange Cassidy and Hook and and uh, Danhausen were all on Rampage, and so was Flair and Sting. So you had to stick around for that, which was smart by them. But I mean, there's a lot of talent not in Minneapolis, and we talk about the attendance again. And I'll touch on the buildings. Don't worry, people. The attendance I don't think is overly alarming because WWE went through the same thing too, where they couldn't draw flies if they were shit. I'm gonna. I don't want to cut you off, but I'm, I I have to. Why Why weren't they Why weren't they drawn, bro? The creative WWE creative yeah, was terrible. It was terrible. And that's, so AEW's going through the same thing now. Well, yeah, and that's what that's what my point is here. I mean, what is AEW giving you that you could really sink your teeth into? Look at how well the Nassau Coliseum has sold for World's End because we are all expecting a reveal, right, of the devil for the most part, and it's MJF's hometown, and you're gonna get. Copeland and Christian, probably, whether they're to singles or tag, whatever. You're going to get all the stars you want to see because it's a pay-per-view. AEW's pay-per-views have always drawn well because the problem has never been AEW's pay-per-views. It's been their goddamn television because you don't know what's going on on what show. Who's going to be on Collision? Who's going to be on Dynamite? We don't fucking know, but you better watch. That's a no. problem. How do we fix it? Yeah. How do we fix well, it? I, I, wait, I, listen, I have been saying this for months me now. me and JD. That's what you do. That, no, I, I mean... Uh, I mean, I, I mean, it's not, even, it's not even a joke. I mean, if I had a fucking ear in, in Tony Khan's ear, right? If I had a voice in Tony Khan's ear, I tell bro, we got it. We got to split the fucking rosters. Like this is what Drew is saying. Why is Monday Night Raw and SmackDown selling out every fucking arena that they're in every week? You know who you're getting on Monday. Though the show is repetitive at three hours, we get it. it it's it's a huge fucking pitfall for them. And then. Friday, now they just added Randy Orton over there. Every Friday night, you think about spending money on, oh, shit, Randy Orton's going to be there. Great. We'll take the kids to go see Randy Orton. Roman Reigns is showing up this week. He works Friday nights. He never shows up on Monday. Now you're going to get CM Punk exclusively on Monday. They're going to sell out even more with him being over there. Who is on, like Drew said, who's on Wednesday? Who's on Friday? I don't fucking know who's on Wednesday. 
We don't know because there's not there's not a brand split. And the problem is, is like when Raw and SmackDown, you know, because I know people are going to be like, well, you remember in the 2000s when SmackDown launched? And I'm not. Do you remember the fucking talent they had in WWE at that point? They had to create a second show because they couldn't fit all their main event talent on one run. They had Austin, Taker, Foley, H. I mean, Big Show, Kurt Angle, Benoit. Guerrero. There was uh, it was it was ridiculous the amount of talent they had. Yeah, I mean it was nuts, absolutely nuts. And again, like you're sitting here, and when Roman decides that he wants to take May through you know July or maybe June through July off or August, guess who's going to be over on SmackDown running the show? Cody. Yeah, and they'll have Punk and everybody else on Raw. When to JD's point in today's economy. I'm going to say this. I'm going to look directly into this camera like I do all the time, but I'm going to say this because I want you all to hear and see and feel this. I have three children. If you have one, if you have none, whatever. I am not spending my money on something where I don't know what I'm getting. I'm not going to spend four or $500 to go to a wrestling show, even three, when I don't know if such and such is going to show up. I'm glad you advertise Swerve Strickland and Jay White. Cool. You know, you advertise two other matches. Great. But I had to buy these tickets if I were to buy them months in advance. And your poster shows the box, Kenny, and I understand. It's all subject to change. People get hurt, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But if you want people to sink their hard-earned money into your product, give us direction and give us what we're going to get. You don't have to tell us the matches. But, man, who's going to be on Dynamite? Who's going to be on Collision so that I can take my family, my kids, or even myself and my buddies, and we know what we're going to get. It's going to be worth the 150 bucks we, we spend on ringside tickets or whatever else like that, or the 200 or whatever. I know if I go to SmackDown, I'll see Randy, Roman, the Bloodline, some other talent. The best women's division probably in wrestling is over on SmackDown. So, I mean, like, again, give me something that I will sink my hard-earned money to that I know I'm going to get a return on. And my return is my my enjoyment of your entertainment. It's it's crazy it's crazy how much sense is coming out of this discussion right now. How the fuck can you justify Tony Khan? How can you justify having us watch a Saturday night with this sheer number of roster space that you have on this roster right now? And then on Saturday we get Kip Sabian versus Vikingo and the Work Horsemen and these other fucking jobbers that nobody cares about unadvertised. Like, give me a fucking break with this shit. It's it's so it's so asinine. I don't even I don't even I I, I can't even fucking formulate words at how stupid it is. It makes no sense. Oh, Vikingo's one of the best luchadors in the world. I don't give a fuck. Who is he here? Who is he here? Nobody's paying to go see him. No. And again, all these championships, they mean jack shit. You got fucking Ring of Honor titles mixed with AEW titles. You got a new championship coming. We don't know what the fuck it's going to be. And then you got two shows. How many championships do we need? And then you're not even using 60% of your roster. And then you got a second show on Saturday night of all fucking nights. And nobody gives a shit about it. Yeah, and college football now is over. Besides the uh, the you know the bowl season is upon us, so you would hope the collision ratings go up. But here's you know my biggest thing is you know CM Punk had it right. You know he had that real world championship over on Collision, and they were going to have Starks run with that championship. It seemed, and that gave a lot of intrigue. Where is Starks in this Continental Classic? Is he even in it? 
Ricky Starks is not in the Continental Classic, no? Hey, Tony, I understand you haven't, he probably hasn't re-signed, and he probably won't, but that's a fucking miss, dude. That's a miss. I don't know. Uh, that's, why, that's why he's not in the Continental Classic, because he wasn't winning it. <laughs> he knows miss, he's gone. Dude. But again, if you're going to have two separate brands, we're going to talk about a hard brand split, which is what you either need to do or let die. Somebody needs to be a major champion over there. I mean, you have the TNT title, which is around Christian Cage's waist. Probably, the, in my opinion, right next to MJF, the most important title on AEW's roster, okay? And you have the new Continental Championship that's coming, and you have the All-Atlantic, right? What is that what it's called, the All-Atlantic? The, uh, like, what, the new one? I, no, the new one's the Continental, correct? Yeah, yeah the International the, the international title. Yeah, there it is, the international yeah. title. There's so many Can't titles. Fuck, we don't even know how many right. titles they got. My brain's, like, on, you know, overdrive here with the championships. But, I mean, like, give the brand a distinct championship so people can sink their teeth into a talent. You're not. You're not. Someone's texting me here. Someone someone body slammed Otis. Lash legend body slammed Otis on, on who gives a shit? Who gives a flying fuck? <laughs> Trash legend? I'll give you a break. Come on. Um, cool. Uh, seriously. Uh, I... A draft or a brand split would work in miraculous ways for AEW. I mean, Swerve could be the star of his own show. MJF could be the star of his own show. All the talent that is just looking to fucking break out, thirsty to break out, would be given opportunities, whereas right now they are not receiving any opportunities. Championships would mean more if you split the championships to a specific show and each show had their own champion. I mean... It is so stupid that we haven't really gone down this route yet. They want to be sports. They want to be a, you know, give you a sports presentation with the Continental Classic. You know, having them do a draft and a, and a brand split. I mean, you can't get any more sports orientated than that. I don't know why they haven't really ventured down that. Now, now you're going to 12 pay-per-views uh, next year in 2024. What are we going to do with that? I mean, it's just all over. They don't know what they want to be. They, they want to be like WWE, but at the same time, they don't They don't want to be like WWE, and then they get stuck in between, in the middle somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, Again, you know, the international title, the Continental Championship, the World Championship, the TNT Championship, the TBS Championship, your mother's father, sister's aunt's niece's nephew's championship. I mean, I, enough. We don't, Everyone doesn't need a goddamn participation trophy. Yet, n- not everyone needs a, a championship to feel fucking special. The man or woman should make the championship. The championship should not make the woman or man. Now, I, I, got, I got a question. I know you went, everybody knows you went to uh, Dynamite mm-hmm. on Wednesday in Minneapolis. Uh, just out of sheer curiosity, did AEW market at all? I don't know if you listen to radio or see advertisements on TV or this or that. Did you see any advertisements leading up to that Dynamite in Minneapolis? Uh, yeah, if Ric Flair was everywhere, you know, the day before and the day of, he was all over the, the radio stations and TV and everything else like that. And I think that's to drive last minute ticket sales. They did have some ads. Um, but I mean, you know, 5,000 people here for that show. If I can go look at my manifest and my, uh, my, uh, spreadsheet, but I'm almost positive that that's like 1500 less than the last time they were here for quake by the lake when Jericho and, yeah. uh, um, Mox had the main event and Punk returned. I want to say it's about 1,500 to 2,000 people less. So it's interesting. Now I get it's November. It's late November, but the weather was beautiful here. For Minnesota, it was beautiful. Um, no snow, you know, no rain, none of that stuff. It was a really nice night. So, yeah, there was there was advertisements, but, um, you know, 
they did not sell the way I would want them to sell, but it was a, it was a hot crowd. They were loud and uh, 5,000 people there made it sound like there was about 10. So, you know, I really, I really dig, I dig the Minnesota market. It, it, it came off. It, it came off well on TV. Uh, I didn't have a problem with last week's show. I thought dynamite was great last week. Uh, they run these venues though. 5,000 and how what was that? The target center. Is that where they were? Yep. Yeah. How, how many seats does that place hold? Uh, with a stage like AEW had, they could probably get about fifteen, sixteen thousand. I mean, just thinking about it out loud, five thousand people in a, in a place that holds roughly the fifteen, third. fifteen thousand people. The I third. mean, is that is that a good look? Is that a a good vibe for them? I mean, I don't know how far in advance they have these places booked. How far in advance do these places, these wrestling companies, how have these these st- these venues booked uh, to have five thousand people? I would I would assume they would want to run a place that holds five thousand people, so it looks. And feels like a sellout, no? Yeah, I mean, listen, the 5,000 people for AEW uh, at the Target Center is probably not what they had envisioned. It's a decent number. It's a decent get. Um, I, you know, when I went to a Raw at the Excel Energy Center, which is the other building here in Minnesota where the Twin Cities, you get Minneapolis and St. Paul. Excel is uh, over in St. Paul. I think they had about, you know, 3,600 for a Monday Night Raw. I want to say it was February, um, and it was cold. The product was the drizzling shits at the time, and that building holds about you know fifteen to sixteen thousand too. And it, to get three to four thousand for a WWE televised event is bad. So it happens. It does. Um, it, it does happen. The reason they run the nice buildings is a you don't want to you know you want to be the big leagues, right? So Tony, and you know to answer your your question before this, how many months in advance do they book this? I would say probably four or five, maybe even six months in advance. Could be even close to eight, uh, depending on you know availability and everything else like that. But I will say that the reason they book these buildings is because, A, there's a lot of affordability with the buildings. And I'm not talking about um, dollars and cents of cost-wise. The internet, the location, centralized location, um, everything is kind of high-tech. Whereas if you go to these smaller buildings – where WWE was in the early nineties and then mid nineties, I should say mid nineties, not early. Cause they were still hot. You know, they did the colleges and stuff like that. You can do that. If the, you know, the building facility meets the requirements for you to have, you know, what you have. And that is a worldwide and international television show. You can't just go to every, any Tom, Dick and Harry building and, and produce television from it. It's tough. Sometimes the internet sucks all this other shit. So AEW continues to book bigger buildings with the hope of selling more tickets because it's more convenient. And um, I would say product friendly for them. They need it. They don't, you know, could they do smaller venues? Yes. They could do the colleges that have high tech internet and the buildings are still nice and everything else like that. Do you need to book the target center or Excel? My answer would be no, you could do the college campus here, but I don't know the logistics. I don't know the rental space. And I also don't know the internet. And if they have a, if they have the hookup for live television, you know, that's the big thing. Yeah. A lot of people don't tend, I mean, I don't, I don't know jack shit about that uh, aspect of what's going on there. So I learned something new today uh, and that makes perfect sense. Uh, but you know, perception is everything, and that's the first thing that I focus in on. It's like, well, 15,000 seats, they're only selling four, 5,000 tickets. It's like, why don't you just run a fucking smaller venue? So, Well, you uh, could dress that up. And AW, I will tell you that right now. AW dressed the Target Center up very, very nicely. Yeah. I mean, there was nobody behind me. Yeah. Everybody was on the hard, the opposite side of the hard camera was full. Full. Well, then you Besides get the, the geeks on social media. Oh, look, I'm at AW, so look, it's all empty and blacked out. <laughs> it's like... All right, guy, you're going to the show 
to get some clicks on Twitter or, or, or are you there to enjoy the show? Which is it? Yeah. And the thing is that like, let's, uh, let's take a picture of the hard cam side, which a lot of times, even with WWE shows back before they were, you know, as hot as hockey be, there were empty seats there too. And I believe if you go back and look at Monday night raw from this past Monday in Albany, there are only three rows of ringside seats, three to four rows of ringside seats uh, on the hard cam side because they need to be able to maneuver things in and out behind that. Same thing with AEW. They sold four rows, but they condensed them into two. And I, when I went, I was ringside, and there was one row behind us. And that was it. And people took it as, like, oh, man, this building is its terrible. It's empty. Well, there was a lot of SmackDown pictures when SmackDown was live on Tuesdays that the building looked half empty, too. And they still trotted out Randy Orton and AJ Styles and everybody else, and they were still booking big arenas because you have to put out a certain product on television enabled in order to keep your relationships with that television company network, whatever, and put out a quality product. AW could book your bingo hall down the street, but when it's not the production you used to, and you're like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. You'll know why. Yeah. Uh, that's a, uh, that's a good uh, lesson learned for everybody that wants to know why they don't run smaller venues. So there you go. Uh, but uh, everything that I said before that in regards to AEW, it sticks. Uh, I, I felt that way for a long time. It's not the first time that I've vented frustration on that. And um, I, I just I don't think that things are going to change. I think Tony Khan is stuck in his ways. And he's, he's going to try his damnedest to get where he wants to be by his line of thinking. Or the, the fucking ship is going to the ship is going to sink. It, it's one it's way his, or another. It's his company. He can do whatever he wants. I mean, I'm just I'm yep. just here. You know, whatever. And I want to say this, Tony, if you're watching me and JD want nothing more than the world for you and your company. I know I could, I know JD feels the same way, but I'll speak from myself right now. I want you to be so successful. It hurts. I have, I have friends who work for you. They will not be named, but I have friends who work for you and your company. And I want your company to succeed because what you do is you breed healthy competition, which makes us all very happy and entertained. And also it helps mine and JD's bottom line. But at the end of the day, I just want quality wrestling and I want two different flavors. If I wanted vanilla every goddamn night, it'd be boring. I like a little chocolate every once in a while. Yeah. Or in my case, uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. There you go. Or in my <laughs> case, I'm a cherry guy, so cherry vanilla. You know? There you go. That's good, too. Uh, we'll keep with the AEW theme here. We'll, we'll get into the WW stuff eventually. Uh, Drew, did you hear about this story in regards to Jeff Hardy? Jeff Hardy confesses he feels like a ghost. In AEW. Now, this was on uh, Matt's podcast, Extreme Life of Matt Hardy with John Alba. And Jeff Hardy was there. In this interview, he talks and confess confesses that he feels like a ghost in the company. He says this, and I quote, When I first came back, it was pretty exciting. I didn't know what was going to be happening in the near future. But I think the last time I was in this extreme dimension of y'all's podcast, I said that in WWE, I felt like I was a ghost just walking around backstage. Honestly, man, I still kind of feel like that at, at AEW just because of not being involved in something cool. I feel like there's something so special that we have within us to really bring out. Now, in the same interview, Matt also talked about his frustrations and that while they've been patient over the last few, four months... They would like to get back to achieving some of their goals within AEW, and one of those goals is helping out the younger talent, putting the younger talent over something they feel like they haven't been able to do as much as they would like. Now, I want to preface this by saying I, I love the Hardys. Matt has always been nice to me every time, every anytime I've seen him. 
I mean, he deleted me uh, several years ago, for Christ's sakes, uh, at, at my request. It was fucking fantastic when he was still broken, Matt Hardy. Jeff has always been so gracious to his fans. I mean, they're, they're two of the nicest guys that you could possibly see at any convention or autograph signing. Now, with that said, I find it kind of comical how they want to complain. Meanwhile, they were on TV. Tony brought them in, probably paid premium dollars to get the Hardy Boys into AEW. They were on their way, Drew, to becoming uh, possibly tag team champions. They, they had, you could physically see the plans that they had for them together. Oh, no, when they, they were. When, when, they, when they first got there. Then Jeff got arrested. Then Jeff had to go through, uh, you know, his, uh, his programs and get right and get his life right because that was the most important thing. And now he's back, and now he's complaining like he's a ghost. Well, if you didn't, and I mean this in all sincerity because both of my parents are alcoholics, and I, I, I do not sympathize with alcoholics. I can't stand them. I can't stand that they blame everybody else for their fucking problems. And Jeff, I don't know how well he is right now, but the reason why he's in this position and the reason why he feels this way is because of himself. It's not AEW. It's not Tony Khan. It's not Matt. It's not anybody but Jeff's fucking fault. If Jeff didn't fuck up, then we wouldn't be in this situation where he feels like a ghost. And, and I mean that. I mean that in all honesty and, and in all, you know, whatever. I, I don't mean any negativity towards Jeff, but I, I, I'm sorry. I do not sympathize with alcoholics. I don't. Yeah, and I and you know what I understand. Uh, you've obviously been through you know a lot um, with the whole alcoholism, so I understand where you're coming from. It's a passionate topic for you, something that you have no sympathy for, and I understand. Um, you know, I think Matt and Jeff need to give it a little time. I understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Jeff did look dejected and disinterested yeah. when I was watching him on Dynamite. Um, and you want to know what I get at the Hardys are a big, big deal. Unfortunately, there's been so many bumps in the road for both of them. Matt has really got his life together where Jeff has kind of, you know, fallen back uh, on hard times at times, and I wish him nothing but the best. But, yeah, let's give it a little time. I yeah. think, you know, for the company being AEW to try and invest any sort of momentum towards you, the, your best availability is your availability, and your best resource is availability. And if he's not available, uh, that he being Jeff Hardy, Matt and him as a tag team is something that everybody wants to see. <clears throat> Excuse me, but if it's not going to happen because you can't stay sober or out of trouble, then that's an issue for us. So we're not going to push you guys to the moon. Don't get me wrong. I think before this is all said and done, you get the Hardys versus Edge and Christian. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. I mean, Tony, I mean, Tony Khan's probably already drooling at the mouth at the thought of that. Right. So I just think that, you know, Matt and Jeff need to give it a little time. And listen, uh, Matt's always been a good dude to me. I have nothing but the utmost respect for Matt. I feel for Matt at times. Um, and Matt really, without, you know, divulging too much, because that's not what this is about, and I will never be that type of guy, Matt really does direct a lot for Jeff. If you watch his matches, he helps Jeff out yeah. a ton. I don't know. I don't know why that is. Jeff was, uh, uh, everybody loved Jeff as a single. There may still be some stock in Jeff Hardy as a single, you know, and, and I don't know what that would mean for Matt, but clearly the direction was them together. The direction at this point in their career should still be them together. And like Drew said, give it some time because at that point when Jeff had fucked up and Tony had this plan for them, he messed it up and he's trying to get his life back in order. There is a level of trust that was severed there. And now, now that trust needs to rebuilt it, be, be rebuilt again. And Tony needs to see that Jeff is going to be straight and narrow and clean. And, and at that point, 
if he is for an extended period of time, then Tony would feel a little bit more comfortable putting them in something major because at that point, if he's not, then Tony's just risking the company, the the look of, of AEW, uh, and, and everything else. Jeff's safety, his health, like, you, you don't want to do that. So it, it's definitely yeah. a precautionary thing, no doubt yeah. about it. Think of it like this, right? We'll stay on this topic because I know it's, you know, something that you could relate to. Yeah. You take back somebody who's an alcoholic, right, into your life. And you say, you know, I'm never going to do it again. I'm done with you guys. Like, I can't. You guys caused me too much pain and agony. And then all of a sudden, you know, you take them back. You forgive them because you want the best for them. You want to love them. Yeah. And then they go back and do it again. But here's the difference between what that on an emotional level sucks. But what Tony has done is invested, Tony Khan, money, time, and resources into Jeff and Matt. And it's not no fault of Matt's, but Jeff has burnt that trust for a little bit. And Tony is nice enough to bring him back, in my opinion, and put him on television and do the Hardy Boys thing again, obviously with a little bit of private party flavor into it. But, I mean, let's give Tony a little bit of credit here because he could have just wiped his hand clean of the Hardy and just been like, you know what, you guys, I tried and it didn't fucking work. You guys you know, burned me again. Well, Jeff, you burned me. And you know what? I want nothing to do with this. You said this wouldn't happen and it happened again, but I give Tony a lot of credit for trying to see this through and maybe, you know, making the best out of a, a shitty situation. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if uh, he does come out. And the, the one thing I'm looking forward to is Jeff being healthy first and foremost. And, and if they do do anything, I mean, it's just a, a likely scenario that uh, Adam Copeland and Christian uh, meet the Hardy somewhere down the line. Uh, I, I know that's uh, definitely in, in the mindset of a lot of people, especially with Copeland now being over there and Christian at the, the height of his career at the age of 50. So I, I wish for nothing but the best uh, for both of them, Matt and Jeff. Uh, just two good dudes. Um, yeah. I, I want to move on to this Warner Brothers Discovery situation. This is what uh, got all the geeks riled up on social media because Drew and I talked about this last week. They took everything out of context as per usual. Warner Brothers Discovery reportedly turned down WWE Raw pitch from Nick Khan. Last Tuesday, Drew was on here, read something that he's seen, you know, scroll across the internet, and it was a it was a likely big topic at the time. It still is a big topic because Monday Night Raw is still looking for a new home. And he threw out, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery may be in the running, which they are, to nab the TV or grab the TV rights for Monday Night Raw. Then it came out, Drew, that Triple H wasn't at Raw last week. Everybody wondered where he was. He was in L.A. with Nick Khan trying to land Monday Night Raw a, a new TV rights deal. Hold on a second. And what was funny there is that the amount of tweets that I got are X's, whatever the, whatever the hell we're calling them. Yeah, they're, they're still tweets. Yeah. Where you know that Warner Brothers Discovery headquarters is in New York, and I was just like, Jesus Christ. These ex-detectives, Warner Brothers Discovery... <laughs> As headquarters in New York, Chicago, L.A., one of the Carolinas, some international market. Like, come on, guys. Come on. Stop fitting a narrative. Stop fitting Stop fitting stories to your narrative. But go ahead. I digress. We And to add on top of that, uh, a lot of people, this is the one thing that really got me fucking to LOL here. A lot of people were like, oh, look at the smug look on the bald guy's face. Like, 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 everybody was insinuating that fucking, this guy here, my co-host here on Tuesday nights, wants to fucking smirk because he secretly wants AEW's demise to happen. Like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck you guys were watching last week. Seriously. Let, let's address this. I have never, 
I have, oh I have never, I feel like Bill Clinton. I have never wanted the demise. I did not sleep with that answer. I have never wanted the demise of AEW, WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan, even Jesse's favorite TNA wrestling, Impact Wrestling. I do not want the demise of any of them. I like competition. WWE was so stale when it was just WWE. So I will say this to all of you morons who think that I smirked because I want a company to fail. Nah, wrong. And will always be wrong. I have friends who work there. I don't want them out of jobs ever. I want them to be prosperous. I want everybody to be prosperous. I want Tony Khan to be successful. I want all that talent over there to be successful. Just like I want WWE's talent to be successful because I have a lot of friends who work there too. I don't root for anybody's downfall. Because people who want to, you know, there's a there's a line out the door for people who want to see me fail. And trust me, I'm going to keep those motherfuckers waiting. Do, do, do you realize that with all the people that are currently employed right now and 60% of Tony Khan's roster not being used, that they are being paid to do nothing, realistically. They can go yeah. and work wherever they want. Tony Khan's paying them. He pays their medical bills. He fucking takes care of everybody there. All we hear is Tony Khan's a great boss. Without AEW employing all these people, where are they? Where exactly are they? They're, they're, they all can't fit in WWE. They're either working the indies, struggling to make ends meet. AEW was single-handedly created to give us competition to WWE so that the, the entire industry wasn't monopolized. They brought CM Punk back out of retirement, and without AEW, CM Punk wouldn't be in WWE right now. He'd still be yeah. in his fucking condo, sitting next to his wife, watching the fucking Blackhawks on a Tuesday night. That's where he'd be. Yeah. I mean, listen, the... We owe a lot of debt gratitude for AEW getting CM Punk out of retirement and into a WWE ring right now. Now, I know it wasn't the way that they wanted to see it, and I, and I don't even think that Phil Brooks, CM Punk, ever saw himself leaving AEW the way he did, but things went down the way that they did. Having AEW as an alternative and a second brand is so healthy for the industry and has changed so many things. We are seeing the best creative period in WWE in a very long time. Thanks to AEW. Uh, you, uh, you stole the words legitimately out of my mouth. That was my next point. Absolutely. AEW is making WWE better. Everything that AEW does, Triple H looks to fucking counteract with something. Same thing. Reverse. Triple H does something, Tony Khan's going to look to counteract. And here's the fucking kicker. Do you think we got this version of Cody Rhodes in WWE if there was no AEW? Fuck no. Cody Rhodes ain't main, event, main eventing WrestleMania twice, rumored to be twice against Roman Reigns. He ain't. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Cody may be back there, but the allure and the mystique of fucking Cody Rhodes finishing his story is not there without AEW. Fact. No. And you want to know what? You want to know the crazy thing? The one person that I actually, like, when I sat back and I was like, he's the one guy who probably saw AEW as the launching pad to get him back, him Cody being him, into WWE. Because if you think about it, Cody removed himself from all chances of the World Heavyweight Championship over an AEW. Because had he had won that title, that's all anybody would have talked about. He finally won the big one. He finished his dad's, you know, the, the story. He never won a World Championship out of the NWA, blah, 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 blah. Cody took himself out of that. And what a story that is now that he is telling in WWE. Because Cody was only a TNT champion. He was never the AEW World Championship. He took himself out. There were some other reasons behind it. Obviously, he was an EVP. He didn't want think people to think that he was booking himself in high-profile matches, being the world champion. But, man, 
I think Cody plays chess, not checkers. And Cody saw this all along. Maybe we should get that on a t-shirt too, checkerboard. Usually mm-hmm. say that too a lot on their show. Yeah. Somebody, so-and-so is playing uh, chess, not checkers. Not checkers, man. Everyone plays. If you're if you're gonna you're gonna be somebody in this industry, you're gonna make some money. You play chess, not checkers. Look at look at Nick Khan. When the people when WWE hired Nick Khan, everyone was like, "What the hell are they doing?" Yeah, you 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 sure? Yeah, you sure that ain't a good hire? Because they <laughs> those boys' pockets are lined. They they're more richer than they've ever been before. All of them. Yeah. Marks. Thank you to Phantom67 with a $100 super chat on tonight's broadcast. Just want to say thank you, JD and Drew, for TNT. Look at that, man. They love thank us, you. man. They love us. Thank, thank you. you, brother. I appreciate your generosity tonight. Drew and I really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so uh, that is where Triple H and Nick Khan were. Now, with the Raw and NXT uh, deals with the USA Network right now, SmackDown uh, is on Fox. So we got those two on USA Network, SmackDown on Fox, through at least fall 2024. WWE's leaving Fox, has signed a five-year agreement with SmackDown to bring SmackDown to the USA Network. NXT's headed to the CW Network, and Monday Night Raw right now doesn't have a home. Raw is expected to leave USA Network, which comes down to the network paying so much for SmackDown's rights. However, considering the longstanding relationship between the two companies, that doesn't completely rule out NBCU. Uh, if uh, they want Raw, uh, I'm sure they will have Raw. Triple H and Nick Khan had meetings in Los Angeles this week regarding Raw's media rights, which is why Triple H missed Raw last week on Monday. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Meltzer reported, Drew, that WWE hopes to get $400 million annually. However, analysts believe it will be closer to $387 million annually. Meltzer wrote, for most of the negotiation period, the idea was that FX was the leader, with Netflix, NBCU, Warner Brothers Discovery, and Amazon Prime all being talked about. Now, Meltzer went on to say the Warner Brothers Discovery version told to many this past week is that Nikon went to Warner Brothers in October with the pitch and was turned down. Now, those in Warner Brothers have said privately that there's nothing to the idea of TBS or TNT being the destination for Raw to a number of people in recent days, while those in WWE constantly had Warner Brothers Discovery as a long shot. The reason for that is due to the belief that Warner Brothers has ownership in AEW. Now, that's not really confirmed. That's just going speculation on uh, within the community. They probably do, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and Tony Khan has talked, Drew, about uh, the relationship that he has with higher-ups at Warner Brothers Discovery and how everybody's just so over the moon with the relationship and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, if they go to TNT, TBS, uh, obviously, I wouldn't say it's a death blow for AEW, but it's certainly not uh, looking good. It's certainly grim. We don't want that to happen. But I know a couple other colleagues in the community have said that with NXT being on CW, we have SmackDown being on NBC, and Raw, a lot of people tend to think through that, WWE wants to kind of be all over the place. They want to spread their uh, their seed all over the place. And they feel like Raw is probably going to end up with a streaming network like an Amazon or, or a Disney or, or something along those lines. Have you heard any new information on this? Uh, I, I, you know, Disney has always been a, a topic uh, whenever I check in, uh, whenever, you know, uh, the people who, you know, want to talk about it, talk about it to me. 
I do know that, you know, Warner Discovery has been talked about more often than not now, which is why I believe there's a little bit of smoke where there's fire. Could AEW and Warner Brothers Discovery, could they own Warner's, you know, Warner, uh, Warner Media, Warner Discovery have an ownership stake in AEW? Sure, they could. Um, Tony has kind of danced around it, so maybe they do, but they could easily, AEW could easily buy those shares back um, or whatever, you know, that's uh, if that's part of their agreement. I don't know. Nobody will know the agreement until it, it comes out or whatever. So um, I do believe that the streaming side of WWE's television operations, you know, the media rights could be a, a real big possibility. And I know Disney has wanted something um live they've tested it out with a couple nhl games some other things as well um and you know disney hulu and espn are all under one umbrella so you know they could do it it all depends on where they want to go and hulu you know right now has live sports that's their big ad campaign so it really depends on i would say who affords them you know, the most money and the best time slot, which would be for them Monday. I think they want to keep Monday Night Raw on Monday. Yeah, I, I, I would hope so. Um, with, with Nick Khan going back uh, to talk to them in October or talking to them in October, and now we hear the story coming out again in uh, late November, early December. Uh, obviously, things can change from from October to, to now, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm assuming that you know we wouldn't hear from from anybody, and it wouldn't be something that a Sap or an Alvarez or Mike Johnson would have information on i mean why would warner brothers say that they have interest in wwe while you know all this negotiation is possibly going on and stop 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 why why would any of this information be out there yeah why first of all why would any media rights buyers not take a meeting with wwe why would they not be interested i I mean i don't know why why wouldn't they they're a ratings juggernaut okay I mean, we could, uh, for anybody to sit back and be like, Warner Brothers Discovery has no interest in WWE. Uh, they're they're absolutely brain dead, truthfully, because Warner Brothers Discovery is going to obviously listen to a pitch, or maybe they just flat out say, hey, it's a conflict of interest. We can't do it, which I don't, I don't think that's the truth. You know, the whole, like, we own a minority share here. So what? So what? I mean, there's multiple properties, multiple entities, leagues on different networks and channels. I mean, ESPN... Does UFC, they have the NHL and the NBA. Who gives a shit? I mean, you don't think that ESPN and you don't think that UFC and, and ESPN and w, and NBA and the NHL all, you know, have shows at the same time and it could be a potential conflict of interest? It's not. It's not. It's content. Content is king. If they And it's media rights. If Warner Brothers Discovery wants to get hot and heavy into bed with WWE in terms of buying Monday Night Raw, they can. I mean, unless it's in that contract with AEW where it says you cannot buy any other media rights or blah, blah, blah. I mean, unless it's clear as day, I'm pretty sure AEW could do whatever the hell, or uh, Warner Brothers Discovery could do whatever the hell they want. And they're going to listen to what WWE has to say because they just signed one of the guys that they loved, and that's Phil Brooks. And I genuinely believe in my, my just opinion, I feel like him joining WWE is going to be an eye-opener for the people over there at Warner. And I do think that could potentially sway contract talks where they weren't really happening and they turned Nick Khan down. Now they may be, now they may be like, well, yo, uh, yo, Nick, uh, can you uh, come in for a meeting uh, on, uh, on Monday? You know, obviously things could change. And CM Punk, I do believe, definitely changed the, uh, the, the feeling of those talks. Is this something, Drew, that if it wasn't true, would Tony Khan come out and say, well, this is all false? 
or is he just not allowed to say anything? I think Tony would have tried to have shot this down already. Yeah. You know, he would have been like, you know, Warner Discovery is only with us. But well, I, that's, I why, that's why I asked, because I feel like he would have said something and we haven't heard a fucking peep out of him. And what a shot to take, right? Yeah. He could just say no. You know, Warner Discovery is with us. They love us, and that's yeah. it. I mean, you know, WWE can call and call and call and call and call. But, I mean, maybe they've asked him to keep quiet. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I think Tony is smart not to talk about anything right now regarding the media rights for anything, whether it's his or somebody else's company, because realistically, like, we've been waiting for that announcement for a very long time, and we haven't gotten it. Uh, it's starting to. I'm starting to get a little bit concerned with it. I hope that it's announced soon. I know that the streaming platform service thing is coming because they are expanding to 12 pay-per-views a year, they being AEW. So they're going to need to announce where they're going to be because I can tell you right now, a lot of their, uh, I know a bunch of people are not going to pay 50 times 12. Um, but, you know, we're, I'm hoping for that. Um, yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. I, I don't know where it is. And somebody in the chat said uh, the Minneapolis market was only down 900. It was down 16%. I have the spreadsheet up in front of me. So I, I want to say it was uh, about a thousand. So six hundred's a little, little less than. But go ahead. Uh, someone in the chat, Derek says, since last March, Disney stock has lost one hundred and ninety-six billion dollars. I mean, where are they paying for WWE if they lost one hundred ninety-six billion? That's a lot of money. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Me? <laughs> are you kidding me? Is the mouse loaded? Is he that loaded? Bro, the mouse is loaded. I mean, the mouse's pockets are full of cheddar. Okay? Oh, my goodness. So, And I also, you know, I feel terrible for Tony Khan and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who lost their quarterback, it seems like, for, you know, I would say the rest of the season, Trevor Lawrence. Tony, that team is really, really good, and I feel for you. I had to fit my football in there. Sorry, J.D. Oh, that's, that's fine. I didn't know about that. I know uh, Tony Khan loves his Jaguars, but... Uh... I don't know. Are they are they uh, playoff bound this year, even without a quarterback? Uh, I think it's going to be tough, but um, I mean they're eight and four right now. I would assume that they, and you know what assuming does, but I assume that they probably will get in. But man, um, you know Trevor is an absolute dog, and it was a shame to see him go down like that. You know uh, he got bent over on his ankle. It looked to me like his ankle shattered. Uh, but you know we'll have to wait and see exactly what it is, unless it's out, which I haven't really kept up with today, but. I just feel for Tony and the Jags because that that guy, Trevor Lawrence, is an absolute savage. Well, I mean, uh, how's it looking over there? I don't want to make this about football, but one last thing. Aaron Rodgers, is he coming back? You know, if the Jets didn't screw up and beat the Rams many, many years ago, we wouldn't be talking about Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets because we'd be talking about Trevor Lawrence and the New York Jets. But uh, I do believe Aaron's going to come back uh, just to say that he can. The season is over for the New York Jets. Put a fork in them, they're done. And it seems like the Milf Hunter doesn't want a cue for us either. So, the the, the, the Milf Hunter? That's Zach Wilson. Uh oh, is that what they call him? Yeah, he slays. <laughs> he slays moms. Mm -hmm. Oh my God! Moving on, moving on. We got CM Punk and Stone Cold Steve Austin rumors heating up. Uh, this has been the ongoing rumor ever since Punk showed up. Oh, they're going to do the Austin Punk match now, dating back to WWE 2K in 2014. As soon as he came back, speculation started running wild about this potential match happening at WrestleMania. Now, as previously reported by several outlets, there are people in WWE who are pushing for Punk to wrestle Austin, which is something teased over a decade ago, or promoting the WWE 13 video game. Now, WWE and Punk have had discussions about the possibility, although many ideas 
have been floated to Punk. The ideal situation would be to see Punk meet Austin to go over the ideas, but the two sides reportedly need to get through a lot before a match can actually happen. This is where things get interesting as people close to Austin said they've not heard him mention any personal issues with Punk or what they would need to get over. Now, Meltzer said this in regards to Austin, noting that Austin has not been approached about the match. As soon as that story came out, I heard from a bunch of people who were pretty close in, and they basically said probably shouldn't be doing that one or worrying about that one. Basically, it's not anything that's anyone's talked about to any degree. Uh, it could happen, and it makes sense. But right now, he has not been approached, and he's not in. It's just speculation. I know you talked about this, Drew, on this very show several times already. It makes sense for WrestleMania match, but the cards have to be on the table. The, the, the fucking hand has to be right. You know, stars got to be aligned. My question to you first is, not that I would not want to see this match because the promos itself would fucking absolutely be unbelievable between these two. That's what I would sign up for. And In fact, the promos are probably going to be better than the match. Do we need this match? Do we need are it you, at WrestleMania? Are you high? Yeah, no, I'm not. Do we need this match at WrestleMania to make it WrestleMania? Come on, bro. Shut the, the, the fuck up. The answer is no. What? <laughs> we don't need this match. <laughs> we don't. We don't. Who says this? Hey, hey. You need 500K? Nah, you know I'm good. Well, okay. uh, well no, I'm not talking about the money they're going to make no, or he's no, no, going to no. make. I'm just using that as an example. Somebody walks over to a man who has a lot of money, right, and says, hey, it's 500000 You want it? And he's like, nah, I'm good. Give it to Double it. Give it to the next guy, you fucking moron. Of course you want this match to happen. Of course you want this feud to happen. Of course you want the back and forth to happen. And of course you want CM Punk and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the middle of that ring in Philadelphia at WrestleMania 40. The answer is Yes, yes, yes. A million times yes. For anybody to refute this, they need to have their brain ha- examined. I don't care uh, if you're right, into all right. I get, I, I get, I get your point. There's a couple of variables that may be working against this. Number one, variables. Yes, I, bro. Number one. This is this is this. See, this, is, this is this is what we this is what we built this show on right here. This is like the first the first true argument on this show. Variables. You, you got to look at it this way, man. Kevin Owens and and Steve Austin. It was never really supposed to be a match. It wasn't advertised for a match. It ended up being a match. And he came back to work that match after 19 years. Why of why of all the matches? It's fucking magic. What are we talking about? Well, here? Why, after 19 years, and yes, money I'm sure had a lot to do with it, but after 19 years, <laughs> he decides to come back and wrestle Kevin Owens in the main event of WrestleMania. Are you disparaging the good name of Kevin Owens? No. I'm not, right. but I mean, how, how many other fucking matches did they come to him with? I, I mean, realistically, I think that was a huge selling point for, you know, a lot of things with Kevin. You know, Kevin re-signed not, I want to say it was, you know, a couple months before that. Now, did they think or know that Steve was going to do something at WrestleMania? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not quite sure, but it was Dallas, Texas. Uh, you know, that whole atmosphere was the last time, realistically, we saw Taker, Vince, and Austin and yeah. Triple H on a WrestleMania. It was like the end, truly the end of an era. Yeah. Um, but the whole, like, that match with the brawl was fantastic. It was perfect. I mean, okay. everybody and their mother was buzzing. That building, when that music hit and Steve came out and we got a 
referee and a bell ringing the play i've been to so many wrestling events but that place was buzzing so yeah we need punk uh, and austin all right, if they can all, right make it all right all right a variable number two how old was austin during JD, that match 58 58 i am looking at 58 years old fuck now, your variables fuck si- 60 60 years old bro i mean we're risking injury at a 60 year old stone cold steve austin wrestlemania match punk yeah, I mean, let, let's call a spade a spade. He's 45 years old. Fucking great. We all love Punk. I want him back on television. But, you know, he hasn't been the most healthy coming back. He's injury prone. I mean, anything could happen. Does Austin want to risk having a great match after 19 years of uncertainty to come back and potentially have this one shit the bed? I mean, it's you got to think about it. Bro, I might blow an Achilles out going to take a shit. What are we talking about here? I mean, seriously. <laughs> You're not going to blow an Achilles out taking a shit, okay? This is so... This 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 is the last episode of TNT. I'm only kidding. <laughs> Vari- I, variable number three, okay? I'm going to... Put the variables! I'm, I'm going to give you another variable. Uh, another thing here that is on my mind is Rollins, if it's Punk and Austin at WrestleMania, it's got to be the main event, right? It's got to be the main event on night one. Yeah, probably. Okay. Seth Rollins, is thought- the, Seth Rollins is the world's heavyweight champion. Uh, is Rollins going to take kindly to CM Punk coming on in, being gifted Stone Cold Steve Austin and a main event of WrestleMania when Rollins hasn't main evented WrestleMania in his entire career? That's a problem with the world's heavyweight title. Stop it. Come on, man. Stop it. This is, this is ridiculous. Well, am I wrong? You think that they give a shit, a shit, about whether or not Seth Rollins has main evented a WrestleMania if they get Austin and Punk in the middle of the ring? I mean... You think they they give a shit? They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't give a shit. It's Steve Austin and CM Punk. Like, what are we talking about? You you had Steve Austin and Kevin Owens main event WrestleMania 38 over Charlotte Flair and Rousey, over Cody Rhodes' return, which I understand, uh, over Bianca and Becky. I mean, come on. Like, stop it. Steve Austin, and I remember the same stupid conversation, not with you, with others, that, that people were having. If Austin comes back and it's going to be a match, it can't be in the main event. Steve hasn't wrestled in 20 years. Shut up. It's still called <laughs> Steve Austin. <laughs> Luthez press tackle, kick, stunner, beer. I don't get it. could have been five minutes and it was going to be gold, and it was. Guys, are everything. I mean, go have go have your match in the Tokyo Dome. Like, I, it's just dumb. Yes, yeah, still cold Steve Austin, CM Punk. If it happens, it's box office, it's main event, and it should. If you can get Steve to agree, do it. And for all you morons that don't want to see this happen, go stack marbles on the goddamn freeway. Uh, well, I, listen, if it happens, I want to see it happen. But my question to you now is, before we move on to the next topic, when do we potentially find out if this is legit? I mean, because now people are booking, oh, Rollins is going to be wrestling Punk at the Royal Rumble. I don't do that match at the Royal Rumble. I don't. But if Austin is coming in, I think if we get Punk and Rollins at the Royal Rumble for the World's Heavyweight Championship, then there's a good possibility that we're getting Punk and Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania, you know? Gotta be. I think you'll I think you'll see it when we all see it. Just like I mean, it's not gonna be, you know, the whole Kevin Owens thing, we didn't really get like, holy shit, he's taking on Steve Austin until it was like, I wanna say like what, two weeks before, a week like maybe, you know, when he didn't have a plan. It wasn't even Austin on TV. Right, then Austin did the video, and then, you know, um, Owens came out, dresses Steve and stuff like that. Just like John. John kept calling out Taker, WrestleMania 34, and Taker never showed. And then all of a sudden, I mean, we 
when when John said he's going to show up at WrestleMania, everybody and their brother knew that it was going to be John and Taker. This, I think, is going to be very, very different because we need the build, truthfully. We need the back-and-forth promos with Steve and CM Punk, and it's going to be box office. You guys need to stop looking at wrestling as, like, the best wrestler taking on the best wrestler. WWE will give you that. They're going to give you Seth and Gunther. Let's just say the Punk and Austin match happens. You're going to get Seth and Gunther, in my opinion, for the World Heavyweight Championship. Or you could get Seth and Sami Zayn, right? Or, you know, that's or a triple threat. Maybe Seth, Sammy, and Drew. Maybe that's what happens at WrestleMania, okay? You're going to get your really good wrestling match. Go back and look at all the WrestleMania. Sean and Kurt, all Taker and Sean, all this other stuff. Those matches happen, but they're going to give you box office, you morons. And Stone Cold Steve Austin versus CM Punk is one of the biggest box office attractions you could have. If you don't think TKO Endeavor wants some heavy-hitting box office attractions, boy, you better buckle the fuck up because it's coming. <laughs> Well, we know where this guy feels on the top. I need another coffee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Continuing with the CM Punk uh, situation. CM Punk drew. Apparently, WWE is believed to have taken steps to avoid backstage issues with Punk by including a behavioral clause in his new WWE contract. Now, Fightful Select is reporting this, that there were some people in WWE who were told by higher-ups that Punk's contract has a behavior clause attached this makes sense since Punk butted heads with WWE management during his last run in the company. And then in AEW was fired because he lunged at his boss. And then, you know, obviously on top of other things that happened there. Additionally, there were reported issues backstage in AEW with the Bucks, Kenny, Jack Perry, Tony Khan, and others. As for Punk's promo getting cut on Raw last week because of time issues, Fightful reported that he appeared to be fine. And there were no issues brought up by Punk in regards to anything. And apparently everything went swimmingly with him backstage uh, at Raw last week. Punk will be on Friday Night SmackDown, tribute to the troops, and then again on Monday where he will sign an exclusive Raw deal with Adam Pearce. Uh, this behavior clause, what do you what do you make of this thing? It sounds like it's pretty uh, academic uh, situation here for WWE. Yeah, I would say that this report is probably 100% accurate. I think that there's something in the contract that states that, you know, if Mr. Brooks has more than one um, incident or maybe it might even be one incident backstage, you know, involving said talent, um, you know, we have rights to terminate his contract. Uh, and we also have like a clause where we don't have to pay this, this and that. And he might have to pay us money back. I think that that's probably what WWE put into their, you know, their contract. We'll never know. Uh, the people who know are the legal people unless it becomes public knowledge. And realistically, WWE is going to cover their own ass. And I, I'm going to tell you this right now. There will be no issues with CM Punk and WWE. Uh, he's no. going to see this contract out fully. He will be on his best behavior. And here's the other thing. The landscape of, of WWE has changed tenfold. Uh, the interactions that Punk is going to have uh, with with said top you know top talent and all this other stuff and his creative influence is going to be minimal. Uh, a lot of the top talent stays at different hotels. They come in, they get a car, they're whisked away into the building. Some of them fly in the day of or the night very late the night before, and they're whisked away from the hotel to the building. Rehearsals, match, post, gone back to the hotel or on a private flight back home to wherever they're going, and that's it. The guys like Roman and Brock and all these other top talents, Cody gets on his bus, they don't really stick around much. So for Punk to have any sort of, like, altercations, the risk is very minimal at best. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree with the report, uh, or believe the report, rather. I agree with what you're saying here. I don't think Punk is going to uh, fuck this up at all. A lot of people are like, well, he'll be fired in six months. 
No, he's not. He's going to ride no. the, this deal out, and then, uh, you know, who knows what he wants to do after that. But there's a lot of work for Punk here. He knows that remember, this is the top of the fucking mountain. I mean, with the rumors coming out about who he's yeah. wrestling next year, why would he want this to be fucked up? And remember, boys and girls, children of all ages, um, this is his probable last wrestling contract. So he's going to want to see this one through. Yeah. Especially with all the merch numbers that he's doing and everything that goes attached to that, that he probably gets a nice cut of. And I would not be surprised. Here you go. I'm going to attach my name to this. I would not be surprised if you don't see his wife in WWE sooner rather than later. I'm making a prediction right now. I think she'll be in the Royal Rumble. Oh, God. As a, nice. Just a one-off. Yeah. I think she has a little bit of a run here soon. Kind of what Trish Stratus did. I think you could see can her see for that. six to eight months. I could see that. I, 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 I know she 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 went through something. She had uh, some personal issue that she was dealing with. I don't know what her issue is, but uh, I mean that would be that may be bigger than fucking Punk coming back. To be quite honest with you, to to, to some audiences, I, I mean, I'm just, all right, it's not to some audiences. I don't know. I like AJ Lee, but I'm gonna let that one die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. AJ Bedellos is sexist. Nope, nope. I, no, you, can't I, I, I can't, you can't use that card here, man. No, no, I, I enjoy her work. I think it would be a big return. But if you're talking about Phil Brooks and AJ Lee, I mean, I think even AJ would tell you, April would tell you, nah, my husband's a bigger deal than I am. Yeah. Uh, backstage news on Punk for 2024. Plans, according to Sports Illustrated, Drew, are Punk, Rollins, and after that, the direction is to take Punk into a feud with Roman Reigns. Meltzer talked about this following up on Sports Illustrated's report, and he said... For right now, the plan is to take a lot of time before getting there. The feeling right now is that this will be gigantic at the time they choose to get there, whether it results in Paul Heyman leaving Reigns for Punk and Punk going heel and Reigns going face, which is the speculation that we got. There are multiple different ways to approach this. Now, obviously, it's not happening at WrestleMania, so you guys can put that conversation to bed. It's Cody and Reigns, and right now we are to think that either Punk Austin or Punk Rollins for WrestleMania. I don't really see Punk fitting in anywhere else at WrestleMania. The thing with this Roman Reigns feud is, Drew, uh, I absolutely see this being, if WWE wants to market it as such, Summer of Punk 2024, Punk Reigns, SummerSlam. Don't know if the championship's going to be on the line or not, but if it's not, the history there with Paul Heyman and the history with the whole story of CM Punk being aligned with the Shield and how he didn't want Roman in the Shield and he wanted Rollins and Ambrose and Chris Hero, then Cassius Ono, to take Roman's spot. And then management said, no, 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 no. We want uh, we want this Anawaii kid in, in, in the Shield. And that's the way that that played out. And CM Punk is taking credit for the Shield actually, you know, becoming successful on the main roster. I mean, the whole history is there. I can't wait to see that play out. Yeah, um, I mean, I think the, you know, the, the feuds, obviously, the top feuds that Punk can get involved with are, you know, Rollins. Um, you know, if Austin, if that all comes to fruition and Roman reigns, uh, Cody too, uh, there's yes. a lot of things on the raw side that they could do. Hell, even Randy with punk, a lot of things we've seen. I put out on X today. I mean, punk and styles and punk and Nakamura stuff. I want to see. So I don't think we really need to rush into a CM punk Roman reigns, uh, match. And I, you know, I understand that punk's body is breaking down. You kind of touched on it. Um, so they're going to want to get the most out of their investment before he has to be shelved. If yeah. it happens, God forbid for six to eight months, I just think you need to keep CM Punk and Roman Reigns away from each other right now. I, you know, SummerSlam might even be a little bit too early um, just because, you know, if it's just like a grudge match, cool. But, you know, 
I would really like, and it's going to sound crazy, if Okada comes over to WWE, I'd really like Okada and Nakamura to start a group and to try and like take out Roman Reigns and you know the bloodline. Now, obviously, I don't think Okada and that group would win, but I think it would be a cool little storyline. You know, I just don't. I don't want to see Punk and 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 Roman lock up just yet. It would it would be a good sell for SummerSlam, but I, I just not for me yet. Yeah, I know the whole transition here between Reigns being this heel with the bloodline and him going babyface. He might need, well, he clearly won't need Paul Heyman as a babyface. I can't see Paul Heyman ever being a babyface, but him being aligned with CM Punk again and him being the catalyst to fucking get us there, I, I think that's uh, that's intriguing in itself. Now, Punk doesn't need Heyman, but the history there, and, and Heyman's always kind of attached himself to uh, to main event level talent. Punk even addressed him as the wise man in his opening promo return on Monday Night Raw last week. I mean, there is there is story there. So uh, whether it plays out at SummerSlam or maybe WrestleMania in, in 2025, I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, like you said, Punk is uh, a ticking time bomb. He's 45 years old. We don't know how, how his body's going to hold up over the three years that WWE's got him. Roman, you know, he's already working a part, part, part-time schedule. Who knows what he's going to be wrestling when he's not the world champion, who knows how soon he's going to go to Hollywood, which is his likely destination. So they might want to get this match out of the way so that they can say they got it out of the way. They could. And to your point, you know, if they, they feel like they need it, they could pull that card. Um, I, I'm not opposed to that match at all. I just, again, for me, I'd rather it be, I don't know. I'd rather it, I'd rather it uh, be saved, you know? Yeah. SummerSlam seems too soon for me. Yeah. I'll tell you what, SummerSlam, SummerSlam, if Cody wins the world championship from Roman at WrestleMania, book it. Cody versus Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Yeah, see, that's huge. That's box office. Yeah. That's main event. Yeah. And you could have, you know, Punk and, and Gunther at SummerSlam for the World Heavyweight Championship. I do believe that Punk will win the World Heavyweight Championship before he even touches that Universal Heavyweight Championship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, top name being considered for Roman Reigns Royal Rumble opponent right now. There are a couple of names uh, at the top. Are you fucking kidding me? It's Randy. That's it. No. Why? Roman Reigns' Rumble opponent? Roman Reigns' Rumble opponent, uh, I would prefer to be AJ Styles. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Bro, you're saving Randy for fucking 70000 in Perth, Australia, man. What, what, are you what are you talking about? No, you're not. No. Is Roman not working that show? I mean, he, I I think he is. I'm not sure. I'd have to go look at. What do you What do you do in front of seventy thousand people? L.A. Night. You have Cody. Now you have Cody win the elimination chamber, bro. Randy and Roman is happening at the Trop. That's way too big AJ of a match Styles. for the undercard for Royal Rumble. They did Seth and Roman last year, didn't they? No, it was two Kevin years o ago, Kevin, Kevin Owens last year, wasn't it? Well, two years ago, didn't they do Seth and Roman? And Seth came out. Well, I mean, the Roman Seth. Is, Roman Seth is not Roman Randy. How dare you? <laughs> you? You just said that fuck Seth Rollins is a world championship in, in regards to Steve Austin. What? <laughs> Never yeah. mind. Bro, I'm telling you, man. I talked about this on my Raw review last night. The undercard doesn't need to be that stacked, man. Th those are WrestleMania matches. Randy, yeah. Randy and Roman, and then, mm -hmm. then, then you're going to do Punk and Rollins on the undercard of the Royal Rumble? Yeah. That, that's, that's ridiculous to me. Well, I mean, if you if we if for some reason you can't get Steve, because here's the thing, like if you here's the deal, if you watch wrestling, you understand that, which I said, a lot of the WrestleMania stuff starts at Survivor Series, so all signs would be pointing to a possible Punk and Rollins match at WrestleMania. 
But if they can get Steve on board, you could easily hot shot this match, which I don't even know if it is a hot shot because I'd be like, that's where we're headed, the Punk and Rollins. Um, but Steve's going to make his decision rather shortly because just like Taker, if you watch the Taker doc, Taker would tell Vince three to four months in advance whether or not, hey, you think you could be a go for Mania? And it's like, yeah, I'll be there. Or nah, I don't know yet. Can I get another? So Austin's going to have the same type of feelers right now, which WWE has sent out feelers. I can tell you that right now. Yes. Um. So again, Steve makes his decision maybe after the new year. Watch out. I mean, that'll that'll tell a lot. I mean, the Royal Rumble card, the way it shapes up, is going to be very telling on if Stone Cold Steve Austin has decided to wrestle at WrestleMania this year against Punk. Because if they do Rollins-Punk now, like I said earlier, if they do Rollins-Punk at the Royal Rumble, they're more than likely we're getting Austin and Punk at WrestleMania. And, oh, yeah. I mean, I and mean, as of right now, the Perth show, the Elimination Chamber, Roman Reigns is not advertised. I mean, he could. I mean, he wasn't advertised for Money in the Bank either, so. Right, no, I'm, but I'm just saying he is not advertised. Yeah. And for the Royal Rumble, him, Cody, Seth, all advertised. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy to see what they do, man. If Austin, if because I right now the way things are playing out on TV, I'm not even including Austin because he's not on TV right now. I'm having Punk win the Royal Rumble. That's the way mm-hmm. I see it with the with the current landscape of WWE right now. If, if Austin and Punk is the thing, then Gunther's winning the Royal Rumble. So it's gonna mm-hmm. be it, it's it's one decision that kind of molds these other decisions in WWE. But, I mean, if that's the undercard for Rumble, bro, we got Austin uh, at WrestleMania against Punk, and then that means we get Rollins and Punk at Royal Rumble, Randy and Roman at Royal Rumble, and then the two Rumble, Matt. That may be the biggest Royal Rumble ever. I'm telling you right now that all signs are pointing to Randy and Roman at the Rumble. Yeah, I see it on TV, I know. Yeah, and, the and I mean, that was the plan when Randy came back at Survivor Series. And what do you, I, what, what do, you do then? You have him lose? Yeah, yeah, I'm loose. Yeah, they got that. It's Randy it's losing Roman his first pay per view match back against Roman. I mean, it's kind of silly. Shut, stop it. It's I, Roman Reigns. I, oh, that's a, a thumb to the throat by Solo Sokoa. Yeah, save shit. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, they need another match for uh, Elimination Chamber, so you can have Randy versus Solo, uh, or you might get Randy taking on, um, you know, Jimmy and Solo. I don't know. Maybe Punk helps out Randy. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. You know, and they have a tag match at the Elimination Chamber. I don't know. What I can tell you is that if you get Punk and Rollins at the Rumble and you get, which we believe, Randy and Roman at the Rumble, boy, oh, boy. Yeah. That's some fucking show. That's that's crazy. Uh, a couple, two more pieces of news here. One on Okada. We haven't touched on Okada yet because I know Okada was in the news about uh, WWE going after him. Okada's reportedly on the radar of some in WWE as the pitch is Okada is older and close with Shinsuke Nakamura, who made the jump from New Japan to WWE. Now, Okada is a free agent in early 2024 when his contract with Bushiroad and New Japan Pro Wrestling expires, uh, which would be a devastating loss for New Japan. Uh, His contract expires at the end of January, and a recent report noted that while the contract talks would typically be underway already, Okada seriously entertaining the possibility of wrestling for a different promotion. Now, Meltzer says, Drew, that WWE feels like they have a shot, a better shot now at nabbing Okada than they did uh, several years ago. He's 36 years old, I believe, 34, 35 years old, somewhere around there. And they feel like they have a shot to get him. Now, 
I, I don't know what the likelihood of this is. I, I, I kind of referenced it as being like, well, this is this would be like John Cena jumping to AEW or Roman Reigns jumping to AEW. I just don't see this comparison. physically happening because uh, of a couple of different, and this is where, again, variables. Uh, we got Okada, who is as loyal as loyal can be to New Japan. I, I just don't see him getting up and saying, all right, peace out. Two, his wife is, uh, I don't know if people know this, a, a fairly... Uh, large voice actor or actress in Japan. They just had a child together, uh, not even a year old. So him uprooting his entire life to come to the United States and do what? I mean, he's not going to be somebody that you're going to use on TV weekly. I I see him more in in the Adam Copeland role, potentially, or a Brock Lesnar role, or Roman Reigns role. And what are you going to have him do? Like, I I just don't see it playing out the way people are are dreaming here. Yeah, um... I'll say, like, your comparisons are dead on. Uh, Okada to WWE has a lot more momentum now because I truly believe that this would be the time for Okada to make the move, right? Um, if he stays any, if he goes to, you know, stays in New Japan, he's probably there for the, the, the rest of his career. I mean, you could get an Okada in three to four years from now, but what are you really getting at that point? Yeah. Um, because that style has really taken a toll on his body. I think the most logical, like, if I'm going to be DraftKings here, um, or a sports book, and I'm going to give you odds. I think the odds on favorite to land Okada is AEW because he could still work in the States yeah. and work in Japan. Um, and I think that's something that they could do. The WWE, you know, style um, and schedule would be a lot more uh, uprooting for Okada, in my opinion, uh, than AEW would be. But I, I really, I think, you know, I'm going to go 75% AEW, 25% WWE. I think he is gone from New Japan Pro Wrestling, though. Well, that's uh, that's a bold uh, prediction there. Um, you know, it was funny when they had brought Okada in for that Brian Danielson match, the tag team match where he teamed with Claudio against Okada and mm-hmm. uh, Orange Cassidy. I said this last night when I was talking about it because uh, I wanted to mention it because a lot of people were kind of putting his name attached to uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. And Michael Cole in mentioned... In terms of... Uh, they had a, they were in the same group in New Japan, and Michael Cole mentioned oh, yeah. something along the lines of oh, Nakamura causing chaos to Cody Rhodes or mm-hmm. something like that. Like people were trying to puzzle it to puzzle it out on Raw. Oh, Michael Cole mentioned chaos. That means Okada's coming to Raw now. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this here because I do like to say some things that um that I would say not not controversial, but I will tell you this that WWE's interest and I will never reveal my sources, but WWE's interest in Okada is very high, and I think they're willing to pay a little bit more to kind of twist that that knife. Yeah. Well, so I'm just letting you know. Well, I mean, like, like I was saying, I mean, the, the, that tag team match, I mean, it was just felt so random, and I got to thinking, and I said this last night on my Raw post show, it, it almost felt like Tony Khan made that match. Now, looking back at it with this news now coming out yesterday, that Tony Khan potentially invited Okada to wrestle Brian on Dynamite as an invitation to say, hey, you know, you, we know you're a free agent. This is what you could have. This is what you could be doing. This could be your new home, blah, blah, blah. It, it almost was like, uh, hey, come look at our shiny new house if you're looking for a new home, you know? I, 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 I don't know. I, may, maybe maybe that's the reason why they put him on that random, that random Dynamite in the middle of October. I, I don't know. But it certainly feels I, that I way think, now. Yeah, I think AEW is really trying, you know, their hardest to to get the best wrestlers in the world. And one of them is, you know, is Okada. And I think that, like I said, I think Triple H and WWE is, are very heavily interested in Okada. Um, and it will depend on 
where he ends up, um, where he sees himself, you know, fitting the best. And for all the people who are like, oh, WWE missed out on Jay White. Yeah, WWE was interested in Jay White, but I, there was a hiring freeze. And I'm yeah. not quite sure that Jay would have signed with WWE anyway. Uh, we, we talked about this uh, religiously. Jay White made the right yeah. decision for Jay, right, Jay White right now. And he, him and WWE right now would not be the Jay White we got now. No, tell me where you put him in a match right now or a program. Yeah. You can't. And he's super talented. So you know what? Like, I think everything happens for a reason. I'm a big believer in faith and I have my faith and that's something that's important to me. And I think that um, whoever you believe in puts guides you in the right direction. And do we, I believe that Jay White was guided in the right direction. Do we see Nakamura or do we see uh, Okada at WrestleMania against Nakamura potentially? Is that, is that a, is that a, that'd be, a, that'd be awesome. You want to talk about, you know, your, your wrestling match that everyone wants to see in your hard hitting yeah. match and everything else like that. That fits the bill. Uh, I would love to see Okada in WWE. Just like I would have loved to have seen Will Ospreay in WWE, but realistically, the best landing option for Will was AEW. Uh, but I just wanted to see Will take on the WWE talent. Uh, and the same thing goes with Okada. I want to see Okada take on WWE talent. Okada has wrestled uh, some of the AEW talent already, and that's why AEW has that pull, that draw. They're afforded that luxury where they can pull New Japan talent. They can have the matches. Some of the guys can, and girls can go over to Wrestle Kingdom and New Japan and work for both brands. It's really cool, something that's really never been seen before in professional wrestling. I want Okada in WWE selfishly because I want to see some of those other matches that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and one last uh, piece of news here. Uh, WWE actually did make some uh, layoffs this week. Brandon Thurston reporting that there were mass layoffs today, at or not today, but this week at the WWE company headquarters. The number of people being let go is unknown, but this follows the 100-plus employees that were let go in September after the TKO merger became official. Uh, one notable name was released, an on-air personality, Mackenzie Mitchell of NXT backstage interview was let go this week, and the cuts and firings are not expected uh, to the main roster uh, right now anymore anyway, but uh, uh, these should not be unexpected since the company is looking to cut redundancies in various departments uh, Mackenzie Mitchell was actually very good at her job. I don't know why, uh, of all people, they let her go. Uh, rather odd, but, uh, I mean, she's a beautiful lady. She'll find uh, work somewhere, I'm assuming, if she wants to remain in pro wrestling. Yeah, uh, and I think it sucks for um, Vic Joseph, yeah, whose wife yeah. is uh, Mackenzie Mitchell. So um, I feel for them, both good people. Uh, and you want to know what? Um, mergers are messy, layoffs are going to happen, and, you know, these are people's lives, so uh, have some compassion when you're talking about them. Not you. I'm talking to everybody else yeah. out there. Uh, that's all I got on my end, man. If you got anything uh, else that we I haven't do. touched, yeah. I have two things. Uh, one we did talk about, but I want your thoughts on this. Uh, Adam Copeland did talk about why the match is happening in Montreal and not on pay-per-view. Here's his direct words. Okay. I've heard the why isn't this at a pay-per-view, Copeland said. To me, where is more important than th than when? We get to do it in Montreal. There's no other choice but to have it here. My family's coming for this one. Cousin's relative who's known Jay for years. There's something special about doing it in Canada. I'm really, really amped up to do this one. I truly think there's not an, another story like ours with this real story. Two friends from Orangeville, Ontario, who made it where we made it because of each other. I'm hoping this is a rabbit crowd. This is what I dreamed of, working that guy in Montreal for a championship. I understand where Adam Copeland's coming from, but it would have been cooler in Toronto, number one, sir. Number two, who am I to tell you how to live your life and to live your dreams out in professional wrestling, which you're getting to do? I think it's a really cool moment, but I really would have liked to have seen this on pay-per-view. Yeah, um, this is the reason why he's here. This is the reason why mm -hmm. AEW was an attractive place for him to work. And like Drew and I uh, discussed earlier, 
Uh, if we do get the match, hopefully we get an actual match. Hopefully we get a story that takes us from tomorrow into the pay-per-view. And like Drew said, we get a ladder match or a steel cage match or something along those lines. It should lead to a second match. So not only are we getting it on TV tomorrow night on Dynamite, it should be an exciting atmosphere, but we can also get it at, at World's End on pay-per-view as well. So as long as it leads into the pay-per-view match, I'm okay. If we don't get this on pay-per-view on the 30th, then we have a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I um I this I need to see a rematch of some sort if we actually do get a match uh tomorrow night, which I will be, you know, glued watching. Yeah. I I Adam Copeland and and uh Christian Jay are some of the the best talent in the world and yeah. I'm happy that they are uh they're getting to finish their careers the way they wanted to. Uh Tony Khan revealed the inspiration behind the World's End pay-per-view name. Um the upcoming AEW World's End pay-per-view for the first time uh, event for the company to round out the year. Tony Khan adding another major event to the calendar with a fresh show comes a new name, and he recently revealed into The Athletic that, like most of the best ideas I've had, including AEW, it was made in London. London plays a big part in Khan's life due to the involvement with the Premier League club Fulham. He's working as the vice chairman. However, it also played a huge role in AEW due to the fact that the English capital played host to the company's biggest pay-per-view, all in, putting on a second show there next summer, which has sold well, ladies and gentlemen. So congratulations to AEW again. It was a trip to London that led Khan to creating the name for the show, which he stuck with for that moment. It's inspired by London, Tony said. On my way to the Tottenham Spur versus Fulham match at Tottenham, he said, I'm looking for the name of the pay-per-view. We passed by the World's End pub, and I thought, that's it. Interesting, Tony. I love it. I think that's Me great. Too. Yeah. Some things just speak to you. Sounds like a place I, I drink. The world's end pub. Yeah, well, and honestly, I think it's fitting because hopefully we get the devil reveal and the yeah. world as we know in AEW is coming to an end. Yeah. Um, and I will tell you that I was live in Minneapolis for Dynamite for my birthday on Wednesday. And those henchmen, obviously, you know, a lot. Of, I have a picture on my phone. A lot of them could be, you know, depicted and perceived as whoever you want. The people who are running those henchmen at that point might not be who's revealed. Um but one of them looked like Wardlow. Well, I mean, I, mean, I think like, a lot of people kind of correlated that Wardlow literally, literally came out in the following segment and had mask hair or hat hair. Yeah, right. So. But again, I want to, you know, just reiterate that those men and women who are behind the, the masks right now might not end up being who's revealed, just yeah. so you know. There's people who are there. Um, but do you like, the reason I asked, do you like the fact that MJF, and Joe are taking on these masked henchmen. Yes. You think that's a uh, smart idea? Yes, I, I I like I like that they are forwarding the storyline in a non-conventional way. Like uh, everybody would see this play out via promo, or you know, we wouldn't get a match and we'll just get the reveal at the paper. I like that we're kind of advancing this into the ring now, and that the devil or the mask perpetrator here, uh, who's in charge, is making the orders, laying down the law, and uh, forcing MJF to get into the ring. I think it just opens up a whole new dimension for MJF's character on top of what we've seen. Uh, he's starting to break down mentally now because he's so obsessed with finding out who this is. I like it. I, I, I think it's a huge selling point. It was a nice cliffhanger from last week's show. Do you think that the reveal has been accelerated due to MJF yes. and others' injuries? Absolutely. Okay. And, he, and he's tapping at the, on, uh, on the 30th. No doubt about it. Yeah, I feel for MJF, truthfully, because yeah. he was, you know, I think he's uh, he's really banged up. Yeah, well, I mean... You could see the the body work that he put in this year. I mean, it would be difficult for him not to be banged up. Yeah, he was literally the workhorse of AEW yeah. right there with John Moxley, and they're both uh, hurting. 
So. And uh, this Rick, did you see this Rick Flair news? I don't know if you got that on your end. Rick Flair about Tony Khan and the New York Post. That Rick basically pays them to yeah. be in a. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We're not paying. Rick, we're not paying Rick Flair. Rick Flair is essentially essentially paying us. We're getting paid why? by energy for all his appearances, so we're collecting revenue from them. But why even put this out there? Like, this is the major difference between WWE and AEW. Like, in my opinion, this stuff doesn't need to be public knowledge. Now, listen, Ric Flair's on my television show. I need to explain to you jerk-offs why he's here. I Like, you guys think it's a bad investment? Good, go start your own company then. Yeah. I'm not explaining to you every nook and cranny. Do I understand there was a lot of heat for what he said on Rampage? I was there. But, I mean... Whatever, it's none of your business. Just like the Danielson thing wasn't your business. This stuff needs to stop coming out. No, I mean, Tony, uh, you know, uh, of all the questions he answered, that one he answered open and honestly. Everything else, I can't talk about it. Oh, no, no, it's not my place to talk about it. But that he answered. I don't know. Yeah, I think he just is very concerned about not looking like a schmuck. And I get that, but I mean, like, I, I again, I think you buried one of the biggest legends of all time by saying that. Yeah, well... It is what it is. Ric Flair's at the behest of Tony Khan. He's just happy to be there. And he wants uh, he wants all the ladies to come to uh, come to the bar so he, he can drink with them. So, whatever. No comment. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get into the Super Chats. Thank you for a tremendous episode 25 right here on TNT. Follow us on social media, at JD from NY206, on Twitter, at Andrew Bedella on Twitter. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below and leave a comment in the comment section and let us know what you are thinking of all the top stories from today's episode. Thank if you guys. If I see any of you jabronis talk about Steve Austin's age, but you're all clamoring for Sting's final match, I'm going to drive to wherever you are and smack you. Yeah, you I'm all for you, Sting's last match, and I'm all for Steve Austin and Punkin' Mania. Yeah, you can't, you can't use that comparison. That's, that's stupid. Uh, and go check out all the other content on the channel. Next time you see me live will be tomorrow night with Jesse for AEW Dynamite. Tremendous show tomorrow. Adam Copeland, Christian Cage, TNT Championship is on the line. And that one, Continental. Dude, if that match happens, the content that you two are going to have tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be great. Ooh. Continental Classic. We got the Masked Men against MJF and Samoa Joe. Big show tomorrow night. So don't miss the live stream tomorrow night. Uh, who was first tonight? We got AWC Legend with a 499. I love TNT. You guys are great. As I'm watching this on my birthday, and there's nothing else I'd rather watch. Thank you, AWC Legend. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, brother. Happy birthday, man. Thanks for the kind words. Hiru with a $5 super chat. Triple H has said that he'd prefer Raw to be two hours. How much pull do you think he has with Endeavor to get Raw back to two hours? Zero. We all hope it goes back to two hours, Hiru. They're going to pay for, if they want seven hours, WWE will have to make it work, truthfully. Uh, Phantom67 with a four-month membership. Thank you, brother. Enjoying a delicious 33 acres of Ocean West Coast Pale Ale. Sounds great. Miles with a 999. I asked both of you a few months ago who your final four would be in the Men's Royal Rumble. With the recent returns, has that changed? And who is your final four for the Women's Royal Rumble, and who wins? Women's final four for the Rumble. Go ahead, JD. Uh, I don't. Uh, that's that's tough. Gunther, obviously. Gunther, Punk, Cody, and LA Knight. Well, I don't think Punk's going to be in the Rumble, so I'll go LA Knight, Gunther, Cody. No, I'm going to go Gunther, Sami Zayn, Drew McIntyre, 
and Cody Rhodes. I can see that. That's, That's a good final four. And for the ladies, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I could see Bailey being in there. I could see. Oh, we didn't talk about Sasha. What, what, what happened with Mercedes? Well, I mean, they, everyone thinks she's better back WWE. I forgot to ask you. Do you think that's where she's going? Uh, there's a huge possibility that happening, sure. I mean, I don't see uh, what AEW is doing to attract her to come to AEW. True. Very so, true. I mean, Triple H, you know, yeah. he... Uh, listen, the, the, the game has changed. Tony Khan uh, needs to realize that uh, anything that was happening years ago is not going to happen the same way this time. No, and I mean... You know, when you got one of your biggest stars complaining about her television time, that being Britt Baker, I think that opens a lot of eyes. Yeah. Uh, Phantom, thank you, brother. Miles, thank you, brother. Um, I think Becky wins the Royal Rumble. Uh, I don't know who's going to be in the Final Four, but I think Becky's going to win the Royal Rumble. Becky, uh, Jade, Nia Jax. Oh, God. And Charlotte. Frank Marano with a $10 Superjack. Kazushka Okada's wife is a superstar in Japan. There's no way he's either moving to the United States and that is pretty much required for WWE. Yeah, I touched upon that earlier, Frank. Uh, I just don't see it happening. But, I don't uh, know they, what she does. She's a uh, actress, voice actress. Okay, so yeah. she can't do that here? It, 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 I mean, she speaks Japanese. Okay. I mean, it's 2023, <laughs> brother. People can work from anywhere. I, I guess. Maybe she's an actual actress. I don't know. All right, go ahead. Uh, Kenneth Williams with a nine month. Thank you, brother. John Lamey with $10. Being in the VIP is the place to be 14 months. OTS for life. Thank you, John. appreciate you, man. Uh, Metalhead for life with 23 months. I'm thinking that it's Sammy Callahan behind the devil mask. Sammy Callahan is the devil? I mean, I love Sammy, bad. but I, I don't know how well that would go over. That'd be bad. Adam Cole. Yeah. Tanvir Singh with a $10 super job. Wesley is possibly out 8 to 12 months with an injury. He was crying on NXT. Shit is so sad for a pro wrestler that talented. Uh, I don't know what happened with Wesley, but Wesley's fucking fantastic. Uh, it's a back injury, and I, I, it's probably 12 months. And he was supposed to get the title match at, uh, at the deadline pay-per-view, huh? Now what? Uh, man, that, that North American title is fucking cursed, man. I don't know what the hell's going on there. Yeah, I mean, unless it's, I, I highly doubt it's some sort of work stuff. It seems very legitimate, so I yeah. assume that, yeah, sad. Tribal Chief with the $2 Super Channel, the great show. Keep it up. OTS family. Thank you very much, Tribal Chief. Delightful Entertainment with a 199 Tony went senile quicker than Vince went senile. Tony's got some problems, man. He needs to address them. Black Wolf Inc. with a $10 Super Jack. Could Cody get Triple H? And Tony Khan to open the Forbidden Door to do a superstar exchange or maybe a full-blown five-on-five match with the BCC and Chris Jericho versus the Bloodline with Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. Brother, I'm going to need you to stop playing the video games, man. Put the controller down. This is real life. Not happening. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Jazz. CK pushing his favorites. Also a problem in AEW. It's always been, Michelle. It seems like uh, Cora Jade's voice has been linked to an NXT promo. Uh-huh. She blocked me on Twitter. Don't know why. because right, you're a sexist pick. Maybe. Uh, Black... Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, Black Wolf I know, Inc. I know. I know. I'm telling these geeks over here. Uh, Black Wolf Inc. with a $10 Super Jack. Question for Drew. If the WWE PLE's attendance continues at the current pace, will WWE begin to have the big five shows at stadiums more often or even all stadium PLE's eventually? You guys make my day. Thank you, brother. Oh, thank you. I think, uh, and JD, obviously, you know, 
come in here with me. Uh, I believe that WWE will continue to do the model of um, Royal Rumble, International, Mania in the States, International, and then they'll go back to SummerSlam uh, back in the States. So do I think the big five will be in stadiums? Eh, maybe. Maybe. I'll tell you that the Money in the Bank pay-per-view or PLE that they tried to hold in a stadium really did not sell well, so maybe they keep that in arenas. But, uh, you know, the whole, like, hitting international markets for PLEs now and making the fans in the States crave and desire their next show after WrestleMania is genius, and I think that is what you see more of. Yeah, uh, what I do think is going to happen, I think eventually over all of the 12 months, if, if it's not happening already, uh, Nick Khan is going to have uh, bidding for all their shows. Oh, a hundred percent. And again, I just think survivor series in a stadium, just that's iffy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Chicago, I mean, 17,000 people in Chicago. I mean, it, it sounded great. looked great. I mean, you don't need to have every oh. show in a stadium. No. And you want to know what, like truthfully, the performers, the boys and girls like arena shows too. Yeah. They actually prefer them because you could really hear everything. And that building is loud. And when you can get into a mass market, a big market like Chicago, New York, Texas, LA, you know, California, and you sell that sucker out, that's a big get. Yeah. Uh, Phantom, thank you for the 100 and super chat earlier, brother. We love you. And thank you for your generosity. MGM ball and 499. Great show guys. As always, OTS and TNT for life through. Can I get your thoughts on people saying Boyle told media about Zach not wanting to start? Um, Again, whether it's AEW or it's the NFL or whether it's WWE, I think this shit needs to be handled like men uh, and women. And we need to stop, you know, talking all this drama, bullshit, garbage, and just keep things in-house. It's just me. Eddie Foster with 18 months. Hey, J.D. and Drew, where do you think is the most likely destination for Camille now that she plans to leave NWA in January? Impact. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Captain Solo, 29 months. Thank you, brother. Drew, on fire, spitting facts tonight. Austin Punk would be box office money, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mania's sold out. Marcus Sulla, 499. Do you think John Moxley would ever return to WWE with Triple H running things? No. I think John Moxley no. retires in AEW. 100%. And I think Moxley signed to like 2027. Yeah. Uh, Deontay Smith with a fight all super chat. And if he does go back to WWE, he's not going back to Dean Ambrose. Uh, no. Deontay Smith with a fight all super chat. Where does Damian Priest fit into the world title picture? Would you have him cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase before Mania or have him do it afterwards? This is uh, becoming more and more of a problem the longer he holds it. I just don't know because the world championship picture is becoming something that really does not involve Damian Priest whatsoever. Jimmy and Jay at WrestleMania. Finn and Priest at WrestleMania because Priest will try and cash in that contract before WrestleMania and it will be unsuccessful due to my theory or because of Finn and JD McDonough and Priest is out of the judgment yep. day and that's how you get that feud at Mania. Yeah. Take it off of him, lead it to a Priest and Finn match at WrestleMania. Perfect. Uh and Deontay Priest will get his come up. Yeah. Deontay, thank you, brother. Uh Phil with 499. The amount of knowledge I get from this show is insane. Thank you both for creating this show. Reach for the sky. Stay safe to the both of you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Will Chisholm with a five dollar super chat with Bailey. And her storyline and her teasing Mercedes Monet on social media. Have you heard anything with her going back to WWE? Is there any smoke to it? Um, the possibility of her going back simply because of Triple H now running the show creatively 100% will. Uh, there is absolutely smoke to that. AEW offers her nothing. I mean, what is there for yeah. her, really? 
Yeah, I would say that uh, just like I said for, um, you know, uh, Warner Brother, you know, Warner Media with WWE's television rights. I think where there's smoke, there's a little bit of fire. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Mercedes could end up back in WWE. Uh, Jason Barker with a fight off Super Chat. Did you see Sean Ross Sapp had a wrestling match and was put through a table? I saw that and I was like, I was waiting for that. Thank you, Drew and JD. Sean wrestled for charity. I, I just, I, I, I rolled my eyes at the fucking at backlash and just people shitting on him and uh, what he did. Like, he, he earned nothing from that match. It, it all went to charity. Like, what the fuck are you people on? Really? Who gives a shit? Yeah, I supported Sean in this endeavor, so shout out to Sean. Good job. OTS Tribal Queen with 24 months. OTS for life. Thank you. OTS Tribal Queen. Phil with a 999. Never say never in WWE. Uh, but I don't know if I see Okada in WWE because you want to keep him special in terms of appearances and in presentation. I guess we will see where it goes. Hope all is well. Uh, it's a long shot, but I, I just don't see it happening, Phil. And if it does happen, it's going to be... Uh, a lot of money and a very small schedule for Okada. Mm-hmm. And Jason Bark with the $5 Super Chat. Top Dollar Tree. Block me on Twitter if that helps. Well, you must have said something to him because he is very trigger happy on uh, the block button. He's unblocked me, though, for whatever reason. I don't know. What's up, Top Dollar? Yeah, what's up, Top Dollar? How you doing, bud? Um, that's all we got, man. Any, uh, any closing words before uh, I go make myself a cold beverage? No, go enjoy your cold beverage, and uh, I want to thank for all the support here, and uh, enjoy yourselves, because our time on this earth is limited. There you go. Thank you guys for an unbelievable episode 25. Drew and I will be back next week. As always, episode 26. I will see you guys on Wednesday. Jesse and I are doing Dynamite as usual. I'll be doing the rest of the content this week from Atlantic City as I am picking up the Dark Horse on Friday. Oh, yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Can't wait. Thank you guys very much for all your support. Drew and I will see you next week. Have a good night, guys.